Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Rock and Roll Review with Radio Keys. It would mean the world to us if you could please subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcasting platform you choose to use. And if you can, lend us a five-star review on iTunes or the Apple Podcasting app. This episode features the Los Angeles singer-songwriter Anna Ash. All right, we're back finally. It took we're back. a while. It feels like a comeback. I feel like my entire <laughs> life is a technical like difficulty at this point. Oh, that's a sad way to think about it. <laughs> it's wow. so messed up. It all that's started heavy. when uh, my my car chair won't go back all the way now because it's electronic, you know? And it so just that's stopped. my fault too because yeah. I drove your car for like, I drove your car to the like laundromat. one morning. Two blocks. I drove yeah. it two blocks because I had all this laundry and like I didn't have my car for some reason. I was like, hey, can I use your car? And so I ruined it forever. Put the seat forward because my <laughs> legs are shorter than yours and, and that was it. Now you're just suffering since quietly suffering. Since I look <laughs> like I'm way too engaged all the time. Like I'm your like right up, up the next wheel. <laughs> to the wheel, you know, like a meerkat I'm or something. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's why certain shit in your car shouldn't be electric. It just gives out. It doesn't out. make any sense. Like the out, other chair yeah. has a, one of those levers, like old school, you know, like you just you it pull doesn't on make it and any it goddamn back. sense. Yeah, why is one electric and the other one's <laughs> no like right old chair? I'm so sorry. It's all right. So that that's one technical difficulty in my life. And then yesterday at the show, we were playing, and my guitar kept cutting out. Like, oh god! And it, so it has to do with my foot with switches. Uh, and um, I have no idea which one it is. So I have to like kind of troubleshoot those next. Oh, and then your guitar wasn't your guitar wasn't playing. I don't even, even when know if did. my guitar was out of the acoustic was out of batteries or if I think we just need to turn up having, the game structure yeah, a little that bit. Pedal but. issue, and then but we yeah we played a three hour gig last night. That was it was kind of it was all right. Well, you can't <laughs> yeah, you can't always play a great gig. Like there, it was fine. It was a fine gig. Yeah. I don't regret doing it um or playing it i, I had a lot of fun we played super well i don't think we played poorly either though it no, just i think we it just we wasn't a great vibe like there was a party going on so people were like very well, you know interested in their own party in their own situation it was one of those weird shows where it's like a venue whether it be a restaurant or a brewery or winery or a coffee shop or a fucking bar or whatever it's yeah. a venue that like is like hey we should do live music and then they start doing it and then they don't really want to do live music but they're already yeah. in too and deep. they don't they don't pay that <laughs> and great. they're just like can you guys and they not don't have be a PA. so loud yeah they don't have a pa so <laughs> you bring you your own loud? pa <laughs> and then uh they they wanted us they kept telling us to turn down it's like we weren't even that loud we're an acoustic band well, at well, that we, point to also, this is key. We were outside. Yeah, we were outside. We we're too. fucking outside in the corner of this giant, like, yeah. kind of beer garden thing. Yeah. And there was, you know, there was a big party of about thirty-five people doing a retirement next to us. Oh, and my favorite thing ever happened that ever happens to us at a show oh, is when some down. fucking person. <laughs> no, well, that was great. Somebody comes up, guys. Don't do this. Somebody came up. We hadn't even started playing yet. This lady yeah. came up. She was putting together a party. Bless her. She was totally nice. But it's just like God. Don't do this, people. She came up to me and Stuart, and she's like, "I know you probably can't." But I have a request and I was like, if she asked me to sing happy birthday, fine. Like, I didn't know what they were celebrating. I'm like, that fine. But no, she asked if we could play a specific song. 
we are the champions by queen <laughs> and Stuart and i didn't even look at each other we both just shook our heads we're like mm, i don't know it <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like it's not that we don't know but it's like it's, it's not really a, a radio box, key dude. song we're not a jukebox it's the kind of thing where like i go back and forth i mean like yeah we are know. lightweight a jukebox like every band is lightweight a jukebox i mean that's why people go to see bands they want to see the songs i think playing, it's so and tom, tom has a million tom plays in a cover band and he has a million stories like this where people come up and they're like i want to hear fucking mr Brightside or whatever they actually do play that song now but if it's a song by that they Guns just, N' Roses three, the, oh the no by, oh that's sorry that's Mr. Brown that's the killer Mr. the killers is uh yeah Mr. Mr. Brightside the, which one's Guns N' Roses like I Mr. Brown oh anyway but all, yeah, but all people seven will of our ask, listeners are like screaming at their <laughs> <laughs> people will ask and they'll just be like be like sorry we don't know the song you know and like we just don't know it we can't yeah. learn it on this and they'll be like I let me pull it up on my phone and it's like no <laughs> he's they're dealing with drunker people than us. This lady was totally nice about it, but it was just like, no, we don't know Queen. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to belt a Freddie Mercury song yeah, ever. Yeah, it's just pretty disrespectful. It's like, it's can fine. you perform the greatest rock singer of all time for me? And it's just like so out of pocket for like the kind of music we play where if all of a sudden we were going to play like We Are The Champions, it's like so not, also it's not we're playing, who we are. Also, so we did the gig last night and as a two-piece. Yeah. So we're an acoustic, <laughs> we're an acoustic two-piece. One guitar. How corny would that rendition of... I didn't even have my tambourine. Of, well, yeah. It's okay. How, I mean, how corny not would that mad. rendition have been though if we had done the We Are The Champions... Really bad. Also, an acoustic I, duo two-piece and not even close to singing as high. What are the verses? I've paid my dues. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose my mind after the first sentence of the first verse. I would completely lose it. Yeah, yeah you can't... Yeah, stop requesting random ass songs from bands. We're not... Yeah, and it's not like an easy song either. <laughs> And no. it's not like we just won the championship, you know. No. We we didn't no. like we didn't do anything to deserve the that one, song. I feel like the one the one song that's a that's a what's it called like a exception to that rule is Happy Birthday. If anybody comes up and goes, "Hey, you know, it's so and so's birthday. Do you want to sing?" I'm fine, fine. I know we know it. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody knows it. Happy to, but ran, just random deep cuts. Yeah. I'm just like, no, dude, I don't. Not that that's a deep cut. No, but you it's know not really I mean? a deep cut, like, but it's just a random. I will say, though. It's a random song that like you can't expect everyone to know. Because <laughs> it's not even uh, a super easy song. I think people that yeah that don't play music don't really know how it works Maybe. but i i do i did it one time i was playing uh, as an acoustic you were still deep in santa barbara this is like five years ago i was playing you did with, we are the champion i no, i was oh. playing a, a set with morgan day and walnut creek and we were doing a bunch of cover songs we were doing like la bamba and all this shit like just all the cover songs you want to hear and um we were playing on stage at a brewery i can't remember the name of the brewery and this dude came up to us and he was like hey i'll give you guys a hundred bucks if you go sing that patty labelle song to my wife <laughs> And it was fucking. Uh, we'd already we'd already sang it, so it was kind of different. Yeah, but he, we set, we sang it earlier, bucks, and then he was like, in. "Hey, I'll give you guys a hundred bucks." And it feels very like prostitute-y, But and he's anyway. He's like, "If you come to the table and you sing, whatever, not the Christina Aguilera version, but the anyway." And I was like, "Sure." He wanted you to. <laughs> he wanted you to sing a song about prostitutes to his wife. Yeah. I don't don't ask me to explain it. I was like a hundred dollars, sure. <laughs> I'm broke. I'm a musician. So I don't care. Can you I'll sing do this song about blatant prostitution to my wife, please? Is that, is I'll it, pay yeah, you. It is. <laughs> I was like gonna try to defend it for a second. I was like, what? No, it's not. And then I was like, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, what a '90s banger though when they redid it. Oh, that it, was though. such a it was banger. Sick. And as I've you know, 
I've already confessed my my heart um, earlier in this podcast about how much I love Christina Aguilera growing up. When I was growing up, like 13, 14, she was one of my main crushes for sure. Oh, she was great. Yeah. So we uh, we had a we had a real lazy Sunday and then we had a, a carbo loading pasta meal to get ready for I this. I made some. I know we're podcast. just falling asleep. No, we're fine. We're fine. We're good. No, it was delicious. I um uh, I have this secret uh recipe pasta I made with 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 like a butter, garlic, a lot of and butter. Parmesan yeah. uh sauce basically to it. It was awesome and it's really good. Yeah, there was sausage and so we crushed that mushrooms. Emily was like, "This is far too much spaghetti for me to finish." Well, and you then, served me like a bowl, and I'm like, "Oh, this the whole is thing. too much." <laughs> She ate the whole thing, just oh pounded kidding. it down. It was really good. I needed it too, I think. Um, yeah. We've been going pretty no carb this past week. So. Yeah. Anyway. It's just kind of what our diet consists of. Yeah, it's, it's like chicken and vegetables. We don't even really think about it. You no, know, it's not it's like, easy it's not something cheap. that we think about. It's just, yeah. it doesn't come Every up once in a while time. though, especially when it's cold as fuck like it is lately. Yeah. Dude, bowl of pasta. Well, today all I had was like split pea soup, some coffee and like I had so cruised out to Santa today. Rosa. Yeah, you know, and then came back and was starving. I was starving when you got back because I had yeah. had like three cups of coffee throughout the day. I was just reading and yeah, it was but nice. but anyway, my whole technical difficulty really boils down to my computer died. Yeah, like permanently. Oh yeah, that's why we're recording. Yeah, that's this that's the reason. Late. So <laughs> this is so yeah, we are a little late on the podcast because we've been scrambling to try to figure out an alternative way to record it because my yeah. computer went down. All of my hardware isn't compatible with Tom's computer or Emily's computer. So first we tried to install a bunch of crap on Tom's computer and it wouldn't work. We actually recorded about 70 minutes of this podcast and then... Which um, will never see the light of day because we sound like fucking robots. Yeah, we sound like Transformers like because of the buffering. water on our fucking... Yeah, <laughs> it, sa- it, was all, it was all messed it up. It sounded so it weird. It sucked because when we sound checked it, it was great. And then somewhere in the middle of it, the file got corrupted and then it was just like... Like it just sounded like that. We, yeah, I listened time. to us and we just sounded real bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. So we're gonna. But we're back. So then, <laughs> Tom, being the hero that he is, after it wouldn't work on Tom's computer originally, it wouldn't work on Emily's computer. He went out and he brought um, another. He drove uh, all the way to audio Concord. interface. Yeah, yeah, he bought another audio interface when we were doing this show, and um, so now we're recording. On his computer upstairs. Usually we record downstairs at the kitchen table, but we're upstairs in the the guest room. room. Yeah, he um he spent his Saturday night trying to save our podcast while we just played a the unsung hero weird show. But (laughs) there's a really cool like um benefit to it because he got this thing that has eight inputs for microphones, so we We can can actually have guests now. (laughs) Oh, that's really cool. Because we were only gonna like mine only has two inputs. Well, maybe not though. Maybe not Tom. (laughs) Maybe not Tom. Tommy can be on it. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, we'd, I'd like to do something. So we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to get like the plan is to try to get some local musicians on it, but maybe not promote local bands necessarily. But the idea would be to bring a local musician. You know, they'll have plenty of time to talk about what they're into. But then at the same time, not have we... them bring an artist. Yeah, not that we don't like. want to support local bands because we do. Um, 
but it's i think i think your idea was fun because I, I was like oh we'll bring on our local band and then we'll showcase that band for everyone to hear and it's like well a more fun version is actually us bringing in your idea which is we bring in a local musician from a local band and they tell us about an underground band, band that, they, that love. they love yeah and then it and then yeah there's a little bit of that and obviously they'll be talking about themselves in their own project like, yeah we talk about our own projects yeah all the time and that's that's a big part of it it's like we're musicians we love finding other musicians yeah. that we really care about and we connect with and we want to bring them to the table and like hopefully get some fresh ears for them um yeah yeah and and so um basically so now we can do that we that's are <laughs> back on track we're back on track we finally are back exciting. on track like yeah. this computer saga i went into deep mourning for like three days where I just uh, realized that my computer was completely gone. There was a there was a few minutes there that we thought that all of the acoustic recordings we were working on were also gone. Oh god! But it turns out that they're not gone. And we did like you did all the guitar tracks. You did like ten freaking guitar takes for each one, and then yeah. I did like three or four vocal tracks for each one, and then you did three or four vocal tracks. It just took forever. Yeah. It's like eight songs. So that's like if you do the math, a lot of track. <laughs> a lot of recording well, I spent four and it was like oh did we just days lose recording all of that? like tracking acoustic guitar because i wanted it, i wanted it to sound as consistent as possible between each track i wanted the guitar tone to not really change that much so i basically found um a session i liked where it was the song vices that we do right. and i've and i found um the settings that i liked and the preamps i liked and i just i set it all up and then mm. i just replicated it every time i was done recording one song I would just copy the whole session and then record over it in the like duplicated session yeah. with the next song. And so like I did that for I think seven or eight songs and I thought it was all gone <laughs> after oh, like God, doing all that's that. That's so exhausting. And it's too. not even that it's gone, that's a bummer, but then the settings that I had that I liked so much from that first session and I duplicated it, you know, eight times. Like those settings I thought were also gone. So then I was it's, just like, God damn. It's so weird, like not to get all weird and philosophical with it, but like the thing that we're making and working so hard on is like Tom Waits says it in his fucking Grammy speech or whatever. He's yeah. like, I'm just making things out of air or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're just making things in the air. I should never try to do his voice. I don't know why I tried to do that. <laughs> and <laughs> You nailed it. You just totally nailed it. I'm just making things out of the air. I think it was when he got in the whole thing. I don't even know. But um, he, uh, yeah, he's like, I'm just making this, these things out of the air. And I was like, wow, that's really humbling to think about. Yeah. Music is just like this thing. Because it, it's not really a tangible thing. And so I think about like the equivalent of losing all those recordings. It's like, okay, I'm a painter. Like 10 of my paintings burned into ash. Like they're yeah. just gone. Like yeah. it's so weird to make something and it's just gone. Well, I think I talked about it in the last episode but i had those songs disappear from yeah. college that i recorded a long time ago yeah and alex was able to find them finally in that broken down laptop and that thing was dead for like seven or eight years it's so, so weird you just kept it around and he was like oh it's back i just had now. a feeling that the hard drive was still good and like yeah just it was like one of those things and where there might like, be some magic left yeah. on there yeah the songs aren't that good but <laughs> <laughs> well but it's it's a peace of mind it's kind of the unknown versus the known versus the unknown where yeah. it's like if you had just like lost it forever i might have thought lost it forever be been like man <laughs> i might have had some really brilliant shit on there yeah but definitely not. did not but anyway let's just move on to the uh the artists Sorry, we're doing our, today our yeah we're, we're our cats uh my cats keep harassing us to open the doors uh for them so anyway yeah if you um, hear this uh weird sliding glass yeah. door it's just them being on the wrong side of the door a hundred percent of the time yeah i just opened for it <laughs> like i opened it for him and he just stared at it and then i tried to you know do oh, the little God. foot scoot scoot him out and he was like <laughs> like not into He's it at like, all don't pressure me He's i'm like, making a decision <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. So I'm I'm super like excited to talk about um the artist that we're showcasing today, um because I've been listening to her album um for like a year, uh pretty pretty nonstop. Been trading off. We talked about Chris Casper about two episodes ago, and I found these two albums at about the same time. And uh, just binged them for about a year. So it's kind of my soundtrack to 2018. Um, even though this album came out in 2016. So the artist we're going to do is Anna Ash. And she is fabulous and really exciting. And um, I found her. She was one of those artists that I found where I heard her on a, I think it was a Spotify playlist. I heard her. She kind of went by um, in my headphones while I was at work. And I remember digging it. And then not looking at who it was and then thinking about that song I heard one time for like a month and being like, how do I find this song? How do I find yeah. this artist? Like I, cause when you find a singer that you love, especially if you're a singer, you find a songwriter that you love and you're a songwriter or a guitar player and you're a guitar player. Like if you kind of find somebody that you could like your brain connects with and you're like, Ooh, I really like this or you're inspired by or what or whatever. It's an exciting moment. And when it just like, when you just lose it, which is what <laughs> happened to me. Cause I just didn't look, I didn't look and go, Oh, it's Anna Ash. Um, so for about a month I was like, fuck, what was that song that I I like so much and it was kind of like in my head but I'd only heard it once so it was kind of abstract and then finally I was able to to find her again um I think she came up again thank you so much Spotify for yeah. fucking reading my mind and being yeah like here's that, it always cycles here's back. that voice that's been it fucking haunting you yeah. so so um yeah so she um do you remember what what artists you were listening to originally that brought you to her um at that time I was probably listening to I don't know. Um, a lot of like Michael now I okay. was listening to. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but um, <laughs> listened to him for a while. Maybe Chris Casper. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not it, a lot of. Because it basically has like these algorithms where it's like if this artist sounds like that artist and What's maybe if they're on playlists together. I don't. She's a, she's a female vocalist. Um, her genre is a little hard to pin down and I don't really want to try to pin it down because genre bothers me in a lot of ways. But um just trying to kind of tack names onto what she's doing but uh her i think her website describes it as it's like it's kind of rock and roll it's maybe a little folk like it's it it just doesn't really try to pin it down it's a little dreamy to me it has like a really strong like jazz and blues feel it has a strong blues feel um a little bit of folk maybe with her vocals um but i don't really listen to i was trying to think about what i listened to that would connect me with her a lot of the female vocalists that i listen to i'm not trying to sound like a fucking hipster by the way but a lot of the female <laughs> vocalists i listen to are older yeah like billy holiday and and that sort of thing so i wasn't yeah i was, I was i'm not sure but yeah she popped up she came yeah. to my ears and uh didn't leave for about a year she stuck around yeah well so. and then uh you definitely wanted to get her on this show like once we started doing it um and you reached out to her and she very it was pretty funny because i remember we were talking about uh doing her on the show and emily had just sent an email like oh, trying yeah. to ask for permission to use her music on our podcast and i saw on her instagram story she was like pissed that this other podcast that was like kind of popular used one of her songs and didn't ask her yeah and like didn't pay her and didn't like fucking, didn't reference her yeah, nothing just used it and then and i was like i like screenshot it and sent it to emily i was like we definitely have to get permission <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't like yeah. our whole plan here is like we're we're emailing every single artist obviously unless we can't find them there's like a few artists Denny. that we did before we realized there were like legal ramifications well, but even like our first episode is christopher denny and no one knows where he is 
Yeah, no, literally his manager. We can't find, we have, we have he, tried. Yeah. Uh, tried as in like Stuart finding his ex-wife on Instagram and like being like, hey, do you know if Chris Denny's okay? And also like, can we <laughs> well, do make you me know sound how to get a hold of Impossibly him? creepy. No, you're not. <laughs> I guess that did sound weird, but like, but you say it and on the podcast And then you stalked too. his ex-wife. No, it's just like, <laughs> well, his Instagram is like, like dead since two years ago like there's no no activity since his, like 2016 post was or some shit 2017 facebook post in the summer i think right and then that was just basically like i'm back and it, then <laughs> he never and that came was, back yeah, like yeah a year he and a half ago back. so if he ever does come back we will ask him but we just we so wanted to bring his music to the forefront that we're like you know what worst case he comes back from hiding and yeah. says hey Bas- fuck you yeah. guys and we'll take it down <laughs> basically <laughs> but, like the first four episodes we did we didn't really realize that there were, like I said earlier, legal ramifications behind actually playing songs like embedded in the podcast. Right. Because it's a form of download. So it's, it's considered yeah. redist- like illegal redistribution, basically like what uh, Napster got like fucked for a long time ago. But oh, it's like, Napster, but, the, wow. but the law Blast is so be- the like behind the technology because podcasting should have its own form of licensing that you can get from like ASCAP or BMI or something like that. And you can say, well, can I use, you know, and you just maybe have like a list of artists because like, you know, they have a roster of artists that they do licensing for. Mm -hmm. So maybe you pay a fee annually, like $20 a month or something like that. And you can use music from ASCAP or BMI on your podcast. And if you did that, it would create um, a revenue stream to the artist and it would be a lot better. But right now it's just like literally the only answer is you have to like, you have to contact the artist and talk to her. Right. And like we've said before, like it's actually turned out to be like this huge blessing in disguise because we get to contact and speak with all these artists and we've gotten a lot of benefits from it. We've gotten a lot of interviews with people yeah and well um, it, it creates a dialogue with uh you know with your with your heroes and these people that really inspire us and, it, and it's so cool and i i try not to fangirl too much because i'm just like oh my god oh but you like did when liz, fangirl <laughs> like when so liz hard. cooper commented on my instagram i'm like that ah, i love you um but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um yeah we're you just should humbled. tell about how you yeah, uh how hard you weirdos. fangirled anna ash yeah and, so she um so it's, it's funny it's a funny so story I, I emailed anna ash i've been so we're gonna play a lot of her album floodlights today it's her 2016 album she has an album from 2012 too um definitely we're checking out it's really fabulous but we're going to kind of focus on uh her most recent one which and it's and it's t- it's too bad we couldn't wait a month because she is coming out with a new album uh she said within the next couple months oh um, wow yeah well she said she wanted to release some tracks in february and then maybe get it out soon after that so they're they're mixing right now oh that's so awesome. that's exciting good but, for her man dude it's so exciting and it's just after floodlights i'm really excited to see um I hope what, she has a similar lineup because they yeah, she has some killers on her band. Bitchin'. They, they really, have great dynamics and they just have great feel. They're in and, the fucking pocket. And, uh, yeah. Like I like I was talking to you earlier and in our other podcast before it got deleted. It's like <laughs> everyone in her band is like has like this perfect amount of subtlety to their playing yes. or singing or whatever, but they also have an an a really good amount of confidence too so it's not like subtle like i don't know what i'm doing so i'm gonna play really quiet no, they're, like, they're it's, really it's purposeful really professional and it's like i said subtle no one's overplaying it's, serving it's always the song. in the pocket and it serves the song perfectly i'll quote her really quick she says um uh when she's talking about uh 
this this lineup she says uh it's a really magical lineup she says um this is from a mostly midwest article these guys have a different relationship to my music they know it better they know it a lot better and it's an interesting way um to think about the songs that you write when you like again you like you you take a song from your brain and you put it out on the table and other people come in and your musicians or your band and you all kind of start to um, tend to it and kind of you know bring it to its full potential is the hope so when other people hear your song you get that really great like other like uh perspective of it that can be a double because it's sword. so well either way yeah but with but with her Depending band specifically is what i'm trying to say yeah. is they hear her music and they go this is what is going to serve the song and they're fucking all nailing it well, and it's so yeah, it's such a beautiful people, magical thing they get obsessed with the music that they hear in their head and they don't think that there can possibly be an alternative idea to what they have in their head that could you have be better. To, you have to be open-minded when you write music, yeah. Uh, you have to. And like, it, have to I've be. been borderline that, like where I've heard a lot of things in my head and if like uh, Alante or Tom's playing something that I, I didn't think about, I, like at first I'd be like, oh no, it shouldn't sound like that. It should sound different like this. But then, then I'm like, why do you care so much? Like, and why not? Why not let other people be create yeah. add why, creativity to it? Like, so that, isn't that the beauty of a, a band? Yeah, you know? and there's a very thin line because you do want to have creative control, and like Anna Ash, I'm sure wants to say, ah, oh, maybe that drum part should be a little bit more, you know, on the on toms, the or, or it should be, yeah. you know, a little less heavy, or maybe go to the ride symbol here, or something like that. But, yeah. but I think for the most part, she kind of like had this idea this thought and like released it to this group of people and she trusted them and they yeah. like did a really good job interpreting her music and arranging her music yeah. um and they recorded this album uh floodlights that we're going to be featuring they recorded it uh in minnesota at, at sounds like somebody's house it sounds house like this guy studio. i saw some pictures of the studio and it looks like a pretty legit studio right but it does look like she, they explain home. it as like some dude's house but if it is his house it looks like he's yeah it's, modified it's, it into a pretty legit he's, studio he's a real it's a real deal but um and i think so correct me if i'm wrong with this recording style but i think the way that she did it is that they all basically played it in a room they live. recorded it live they yeah. recorded it live and then they did some um overdubs i'm sure overdubs in los angeles so anna ash uh is from michigan and then moved to oakland briefly and then los angeles she's currently in Oaktown. la yeah she was in oakland for a couple of years Damn, we were in oakland so at cool. the same time that's her right 2013 okay so wait so let me finish my emails <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry back to the email back to the email that's how i found out she was in oakland oh, yeah. i didn't i was like what I, I didn't know you were in oakland we got too distracted so she um so i emailed her um or i emailed her you know what I thought was her management it turned out to be her and I, I was like hey you know we, we love this album we have this podcast where we try to bring sort of underground or like smaller uh, artists and, and just talk about them and just kind of you know spread the love basically it's, yeah. it's just a love fest we're, it's it's all bands that we like we're, we're called not, the review we're but we're not really we're not really like, reviewing mm, I think they're blah 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 like it's, it's just yeah, alliteration that's it's why a love we, fest. <laughs> we just yeah it's it's artists that we really care about because Stuart and I have we're brother and sister and we Stuart's been a musician since you were how old? Um, well, I started like I started playing trumpet in fifth grade, and I played the triangle in fourth grade. So if you count that, like it's been a long ass time. I played violin fourth and fifth, trombone sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and then choir tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and Weren't then. Weren't you in choir your your uh, freshman year? Freshman no, year? I started sophomore. Huh. So I started singing when I was sixteen. Um, so that was something that like years. I begrudgingly did. I was like choir <laughs> choirs Dude, for a bunch choir of lames is gonna make 
every any it fucking made, it person made me a better a lot singer. Better, yeah, it's a it's better. a bunch of it's a group of people singing your part next to you. Like I was an alto yeah. and so was Anna. And like you, uh, you have to sing the, uh, the harmony as opposed to the melody. Sopranos, I usually sing the melody. Yeah. And so you are singing this weird part and you have, to, and it's, 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 uh, it's, it's like against your piece. instinct, your instincts yeah. to sing like, you know, the, what the, the melody. melody. Yeah. Of, and it's all these old classic songs too. It's songs that, you know, so it's a hard, it's a challenging thing. And I was in gospel choir in college too. And that was fucking, really oh yeah really, that was uh, so funny really fun yeah the uc yeah. berkeley gospel choir um, dad was so fired up about that he dude, was it was fun. he was so fired we up always had fun. a live i think that's band. the last concert he's been to actually. <laughs> <laughs> now we're throwing shade dad come to more radio key shows it's been years um no we always had like a we always had like a g- electric guitar and a drum set and we would always like dance and stuff it was a lot of fun um but so anyway sorry i'm getting way off but i emailed anna and i was like hey we'd like to use your uh, songs we're not making any profit there's no you know we're just we're just uh, maybe one day maybe one day maybe this one is the, day we just want people to hear your music and um and she said uh she said of course let me know if you need anything else and she's probably maybe the third or fourth artist that's reached back out to us and been like hey you know if you need and, and like anything major else, shout out to all of those artists too because davy and the chain not everyone like Chris most Casper. people are like so nonchalant about it they're like yeah sure and that's it. But like Which some people yeah. like reach out and they're like, hey, do you need anything from me? Like, right. do you want me to t- like tell you about anything? And right. like, I love that the most because it shows that they're, they care. Yeah. They like really, I'm not that the other people don't care, but. No, but they're interested. They're, in, they're yeah. interested in it. And they're not just like, you know, they didn't just read your email and they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. And, and, and in our emails, I always try and be really like, hey, you know, it, it, when it's not, we're not like sitting here. We're not Roger and Ebert or whatever. Well, I try to make it clear that we're not like, we're not Whatever. like, we give this album two thumbs down because <laughs> it's like on our critic no, review th- scale, this is a C, no. you know, a C minus or whatever. Like, we're yeah, not like that. It's we're, just, we're all, if you are on the podcast, it's because we love your album. That's and it's why because, we're doing it. oh, so I was going to say we've been musicians for a long time and we've been finding underground artists for a long time. Long Not, time. Yeah. Wait, you got to finish this email story. Yeah. Sorry. Just <laughs> but that's the whole point. Yeah. It's like we just want. It's like, hey, we like a lot of small bands that we think need a little more love. So anyway, um, so I was in love with this album, and I emailed Anna, and she wrote back, and she's like, yeah, well, you know, if you need anything else, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if you have time, but if you do, you know, since there's if there's not a lot on the internet or whatever, sometimes we can shoot over some questions, and it can help add some dialogue. Yeah. Um, from uh, from the artist well, perspective, especially the smaller the artist, it, like it really helps to have like a little bit of a interview type right. situation because some artists like uh and and not Chris Casper had nothing. Chris Casper didn't have uh much but like Davy and the Chains is a good example of like someone There's who was very Googling. underground yeah. and like um we were able to talk to Davy and he was like a super nice guy and he gave us like the whole the whole interview and it really made the show a lot better in my opinion because we actually could talk with knowledge about him rather than just talking about his music like we talk about him yeah ask him questions um that are specific to them um and also you know from us being musicians you know questions that we're curious about um and a lot of the i found some articles um on anna from like 2012 2013 and i was like ah you know these aren't really current you know it's before the album we're going to talk about so it's like i I, i'd love to pull in those quotes that'd be cool but like i i really wanted to ask her so anyway i shot her over a couple questions and she wrote these like paragraphs back it was like so like she spent some time actually 
you know, thinking about it and, and wrote these really Which beautiful, means the world to us, really but, humble, yeah. wonderful responses. Like I asked her about songwriting and I'll quote her later and she's just like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing when I write a song or something like that. She's like, she's very, and she, she, it's like, she's crafted this like perfect album and I'm just like, God, I hope you know how incredible this is. Um, so anyway, so she, uh, she sent us back that interview and then I was looking at her website cause I had pulled her, um, I hadn't really visited her website. I, I listened to her a lot on Spotify and uh, so I was looking at her website and I was like, oh, she has a vinyl for sale. I'm going to buy the vinyl because I've been <laughs> listening to her on Spotify for like a year. And I'm like, I haven't thrown her any yeah. bread. It, like, you always any, feel a little I'm like, like when you're have, only doing has Spotify. She seen any, yeah. yeah, money from not that it needs to be about money, but it's just like, dude, she's. She, I I owe this, this and we're not person. trying to and we're not trying to act like we're like single handedly like patroning no. like artists, but it's <laughs> like it's super nice and and like in my perspective, if someone were to do this with radio keys, like they're like, hey, I listen to you on Spotify all the time, and I'm not necessarily going to listen to the vinyl more or less than I listen to you already. I just like want you to know that like yeah, I, I want you know, to yeah. show my appreciation and actually purchase something straight from you. Well, so I went to buy the vinyl because A, I didn't know she had a vinyl for sale and I was like, holy shit, this is one of my favorite records and it's on vinyl. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll listen to it. You know, I listen to vinyls when I cook because it's in my kind of kitchen. So it's a good time to put them on. So I, I'll actually listen we to it. We were doing that today. Yeah, actually. we were doing that today. We're, we're um, listening to the Black Keys. What, what album was that? The Big Come Up, their the first album, 2002. Yeah. yeah, it was, we both kind of had to wake up. So we put, <laughs> we put that vinyl on. Um, but so we, uh, so yeah, so I bought the Anna Ash vinyl and when you go through to buy it, it, it says it's 20 bucks for the vinyl, but you can type in the amount you're going to charge your card. Yeah. So I put in a little more um and i was like okay this will be like a little like i i would buy this album 50 times if i could because i've listened to it so much and like i just i'm so I glad you don't have to buy I an want... album every time you listen to it. no that'd be crazy but like i i <laughs> just like this is so how much ridiculous. i absolutely love this album and i'm so happy i got made like it's a big part of my you know brain and i just i was like you know just give her a little extra and then she emailed me back like immediately <laughs> from when i when I, I like i bought it and she emails me back and she goes emily I think you Busted. I think you were trying to Busted. buy two vinyls um cuz you you like you what gave too much I money. can't believe she did that that's so <laughs> and sweet And so she's like so I'm just going to put two in there and I wrote her back and I was like no I just meant to buy one and I was trying to like throw a little extra your way just to like cuz I really appreciate it and she's like no I'm going to give you two <laughs> and so she so she's and she's like if you have a friend you know give it away whatever like I'm tired of having these sit in my closet and I was like I will find a good home for the second record. And so, yeah, so she sent me uh and she very like, she like packaged and sent me the vinyls very carefully and they nice. came like in really, yeah. Cause it's hard to ship a vinyl. Yeah. I and imagine it, really, it would be. And when we get to that, you know, we're not at that point yet, but when we get there, we're going to be shipping out hopefully some stuff too, you know? Yeah. So if you're listening <clears throat> and you like Anna's music, buy her vinyl. It is yeah. such a gorgeous well, record on vinyl too. I mean, too. we, we <laughs> talk about Spotify <laughs> all the time because honestly it's, the best one of the best i'm there's a lot of platforms i haven't tried out but it, for me and my music taste and my music needs, i like it yeah spotify is one of the best things Top that's podcast. ever happened to me but it's pretty great you can't ignore the fact that artists just do not get paid very much from streaming yeah. services and chris casper has this whole thing about the spotify tip the jar tip, which i that I'm needs super to happen behind. that yeah. needs to happen well i i wouldn't have waited a year to buy yeah. his record could you imagine um, like if even like even like freaking I, I swear to god like i was what was i looking at the other day and there was a tip jar for some random ass shit 
And um, you can even like go on Facebook and like be like, I know it's my birthday, but I want you to donate to the fire victims or whatever. And like, it just sounds like super self-righteous. But the point is you have an option to like click and get money for something. Well, I just made our Squarespace fucking uh, website and yeah, they have an option for like a PayPal. Well, we've been talking about doing like a Patreon too, but that's a little different because then people have to go to your Patreon and then you feel like you need to give like additional content to like people who subscribe to your patreon or whatever yeah, and it's like I, it, it, it could work like, in why the can't future i, just I don't be think we're there yet like, yeah like why can't i just be a musician and, like you want to you know throw me like i've been listening to this album for the last you know 20 years i don't really need a vinyl because i don't play anything but spotify so here's a ten dollar tip to my favorite artist yeah and then maybe Not everyone has a record and then player. it shows that like <laughs> you like They're coming back though, so it's great. for artists like beyonce or whatever like everyone's gonna be tipping her all over the place but like for us if it was <laughs> like great sure you know raul yeah. tipped you ten dollars radio keys i'd be like oh shoot thanks raul it's that's so like nice buying us a beer you know yeah it's basically like that that's but, what i tell people at our show i'm like if you like i i tell people this about cover charges at local shows because they're like oh you know venues is charging 10 bucks to go see you know radio keys in overland and it's like you it ten you're you're tipping the band that's what it is yeah. you know like that's what the door is we're not trying to be douchey and most of our shows are free we try um, to make for it good that reason way. but yeah. if it's five or ten bucks it's like look like and our most recent show was like look if you can't pay you can still come in and, and hang it's fine but like it's two beers you know yeah. it's it's one beer you know it's nothing um, but so, so should we dive in? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, we've already <laughs> spent a long time just bullshitting. Um, As we do. So do you want to introduce it? Uh, yeah. So the first song we're going to play is actually um, the first track off of Anna Ash's 2016 album entitled uh, Floodlights. And it's called What You Didn't Say. Using, using our hearts 
I'll just dive right into basically I sent Anna five questions um, and she uh, she wrote back. So I'm going to go ahead and pull in a quote of her so we can get her voice in here uh, now that you've gotten to hear her. And um, that God, that recording, I love how slowly it comes in with the piano and then that it little has bit a of, really gradual uh, uh, growth in the dynamics throughout yeah. the entire song. And it's so subtle. And like I, that's like a key word that I use about this band over and over yeah. again it's everything subtle and it, right. it's like there's this subtle build throughout the entire song and by the end it's kicking pretty good but you don't even really realize it because it snuck up on you so much yeah and it, it's really a testament to her band and her obviously her songwriting but her band just really um taking it and running with it like yeah. this idea that everything's gonna you know start really nice and quiet and chill and then it's gonna kind of build and it's not even gonna be like a crazy loud fortissimo it's only no. gonna go from like a mezzo piano to like a mezzo forte but it's like enough of a slow steady build yeah. that you don't even really acknowledge it and then when it when it's happening you're like it's it's very satisfying when it is happening and then when it ends you're like oh it's over <laughs> yeah it's really satisfying and it's such a good like when when we thought when we thought about the uh, order of the songs to play in this um in this episode kind of showcasing her like i picked the order of songs and i was like this is literally like the first second and third track of her album and then the last two tracks like the the, the album is so it's a 10 song album um i compared it last time we talked about it to a. Uh, uh, Nashville Skyline where it's like one of my f like that's just me being really compact obviously subjective but it's like 10 songs um, that's my favorite Bob Dylan album and it's like 10 yeah, songs too. no fat like there's no like you know you they just cut it to it's like this is exactly what this yeah, album I think we be. talked about this before actually it's like the yeah. the like the reason it's you cut the 11th song it's like because it's the 11th best song it's the like, 11th song you know yeah. what i mean and and if, if, yeah. if it was just a complete banger and you really couldn't figure out which one to cut then and, and no shade different. on like 12 13 song albums there's a lot of amazing ones yeah. where every song is good but like there's it's, always that weird ass song where you're like well yeah okay. this this album like the uh the order the structure the feel it's it it feels like a compact piece to me uh like a full um like so, some albums i listen to and it it sounds like a bunch of different ideas kind of thrown together and this is yeah. really one of those like this was one well i think consistent... it goes to back to them recording live yeah and uh, like all playing together over and... like three or four days i think yeah. they said yeah so i think that adds to the continuity of the album too yeah is playing live and also playing with the same lineup of course um so i'll um first question i asked her is um pretty typical question i, I asked her uh <laughs> who or what inspired you to pursue playing slash writing music we role play this i'll uh, i'll be you and you'll be uh. <laughs> <laughs> um we can i don't know if you have it in front of you oh we're also the fun thing about this uh time recording is i usually have my laptop in front of me and Stuart has a laptop in front of him and this time we have hand written and printed notes so we're if, pretty if, much if a you disaster shuffling of papers yeah. no i like it i like i'm just looking at you i'm not looking at like my computer screen um so it's kind of nice but uh and i don't have google where i can be like what year did that beatles album come out and then fuck hey, it up Siri? Hey Siri. Um, so, uh, so she responds. When I was a freshman in college, I started studying classical voice. And she also, I think, I read in an interview that she was in choir in high school, and they yeah. they had her as an alto, which is she can sing alto, but she's a soprano. But anyway, yeah, she um, is a very much a soprano. Like, yeah, her voice is so soaring and elegant, and like the way that she like just seamlessly goes between her falsetto and her chest voice well, is they, like is really really talented. It's fucking impressive. And impressive, and, yeah. And it adds this kind of chill like to the songs. It's like this hauntingness. And th they say on her uh 
I think her website says she has a quote unquote, sometimes soaring, sometimes aching soprano. And she can do that little aching is a great way to put it. It's it's it. She goes between those two and it's just it. Yeah, it's a really gorgeous, uh, gorgeous effect. So um, so she says in uh, when I was a freshman in college, I started studying classical voice. I'd always tried to sing when I was younger, but my voice was quiet and I was terrified and I didn't really know how to use it. A teacher named Elizabeth Gray was the first person that heard something in my voice. And when your self-confidence resembles a potato chip to have a professional opera singer <laughs> say, um, you've got something kid was a huge turning point. She pushed me to start studying jazz. And even though I didn't fit into either department, um, the opera classes gave me some guts and the jazz classes taught me some chords and we've talked so about wait, when she's so when she's talking about jazz classes she was talking about vocal jazz or like was she talking about like guitar playing or? i think she means so she got a guitar when she was 15 so this is before college right badass i'm i don't know if this is the guitar she got when she was 15 but she's got she's this got a badass, badass guitar. like silver tone guitar it got to, i don't like, think we mentioned yet she's playing electric guitar yeah she plays clear. electric guitar yeah, and she has this badass silver guitar. tone guitar that has like this kind of fuzz tremolo, tremolo to it that like yeah. i think she's playing through a fender and um, it gives it like a very unique character to to her rhythm uh, in in her music um, with that tone and yeah. that guitar specifically, the amp combination specifically, and also her finger picking style. And uh, it it's it's very unique and it, it definitely drives her sound as much as her like kind of uh, subtle yet soaring soprano. Right. Like just as much as her voice contributes to her unique characteristic right. of her sound, like her guitar. Well, she has so much dynamic does too, for just, sure. just in her voice alone. There's so much, so much dynamics. Um, like she really knows when to back off and she knows when to hit that high note where it's just like the perfect, like she's got a lot of good instinct for it. Um, and it really creates a roundness to her song. Cause when you just have one voice singing, um, which is most music, I guess. Um, and you obviously no, no, have backups, but like when you have one lead singer, it's like you you have to jump around. And when you're trying to convey different emotion in songs, it's like yeah, you do want um, to sort of illustrate the the emotion in the song um, via your voice being that vehicle. And she does yeah. a really great job of that. And then I wanted to say, like on that last quote, she said that like you know that teacher saw something in her and said something and i read another article about her it looks like she was like starting to play songs uh with other people in college um and it says she learned the banjo which is like what where'd she go to college <laughs> um michigan i'm not sure where okay. um and she says um she taught herself banjo and uh learned some folk songs started playing with other musicians and then she says uh they heard something in me that instilled an amount of confidence that was necessary for me to keep going sometimes when you're young you need to have somebody look you in the eye and say you're doing something right and like we've fucking talked about this on our podcast but like for somebody a little positive if you're a reinforcement musician, for somebody to say hey you're supposed to be playing music. You're on the right path like that. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it's huge. Well, the the musician path is like 90% self-doubt and like it's 10% and like, like 10% Should I just be I can an do accountant? It. Should like, I do it? I can it. do it, maybe. And like so one of my other favorite And we've talked about it all the time like kind of walking the fine line between like am I going to just go for broke and see what happens as an artist or am right. i gonna like kind of toe this line of what i'm gonna when live do you a make real that decision yeah yeah i mean i, I was kind of kicked out of the nest so i didn't really get to <laughs> make it so to speak well she um but i'm glad that it happened for me and 
she at 22 she left michigan after college she was an english major i know that which which i'm like yeah i, I can hear that in your in your lyricism um and even just in her interviews in her interview dude her writing is really so beautifully good. um and so she uh she says something like i i just had to move somewhere you know from her hometown which you know, she had that restlessness and uh she ended up in oakland Think about the courage it takes to do that it takes a lot she says like, she we've couple... never really left i went to santa barbara and that was like the scariest thing in the world for me and like that's the same state i mean but it's, it, same, it, it it's california big. and it's just yeah because when i moved to santa barbara for college i didn't know anybody i didn't have any friends i uh i moved to new york city when i was 21 mm-hmm. and i knew two people there and it was uh, Betsy and Gabby and and they were f- absolutely fabulous but I was 21 you know I, I had to meet people my own yeah. age and it took me a while Scary. Um, but I still have uh, I still have my friend Ellen who I met through my friend Matt um, but it's 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 really hard and it's funny because uh, moving to a big city um, and it's funny because you're surrounded by people and a lot of artists and songwriters have like addressed this but being in a city surrounded by people and feeling the loneliest you've ever felt Mm -hmm. like it's definitely a thing i it's the loneliest i've ever felt was probably my first like month it was also like the harshest uh winter like new york had seen and like yeah nyu had like a couple snow days for the first time in like 30 years something crazy yeah it was a fucking gnarly winter so you're just were you at that point were you living with betsy and no i was in the dorms in uh i was uh right by the bowery electric on i think bowery and second street in the east village okay and i had a roommate that she had a she had a full time job at a pizza place. She was a full time NYU student, and then she had an internship at a magazine that was kind of like GQ. And she had a boyfriend in New Jersey, so I never saw her. <laughs> I just fucking never saw her. I was How like, many hours? She was. Does she have more dude, hours than a normal? I was like, person? do you like, sleep? No, yeah, she was one of those crazy New York girls that was just like this driven, fucking crazy, awesome. I dude, I have no contact with her. I bet she's just killing it. Though. I, I bet, bet she's doing. I great. bet her. I mean, your energy's so good when you're like 21 22 too yeah. like my, our was... energy today was such <laughs> bullshit like i know i miss being 21 um but yeah so anna so she moved to oakland i was i was so surprised when i got her email i wish we said, knew what part of oakland she lived in well, because yeah, we so i mean i lived in oakland too and you lived in berkeley so you're like right so down she the was in oakland from 2009 to i think 2013 and i was like dude and i couldn't help like she sent her she sent me the interview and then i wrote back and i was like thank you so much for like taking the time and also like on a side note like i didn't know you were in oakland these years i was also in oakland and what's so anna ash when i when i first got into her and i like read her spotify page i was like this chick is amazing she's got to be like i thought she was going to be no disrespect but like really big i thought she's gonna be big. like nora jones big i thought she was gonna like, be big yeah, like, i was like i just haven't heard this this chick yet yeah. but she's big and then i read her bio and it's like she's currently like waitressing in la to support like basically paying her band to Dude, record she had a great quote that you read when we were sound checking and it was about like trying to balance like tr- um having you know, quote, like a real job where you're trying to finance your dream for as long as you can. Yeah, well, she... uh, And uh, I I wish you could read that one again. Maybe you could shuffle these papers and find it. (laughs) So there's a... Actually, ironically... um, But so anyway, so she's a... She wait, yeah, she waitresses, um, and is also a musician. I was like, dude, if you were in Oakland between 2009 and 2013 waitressing and playing music, that's exactly what I was doing between probably 2011 when I moved to Berkeley and like 2016 when I left, I was waitressing in Oak downtown Oakland. Mm -hmm. I was like, where were you waitressing? Like I I didn't, (laughs) I didn't ask, but I was just like, where, like, it's not a 
super big city it if is it, if it was a star on grand then <laughs> <laughs> then you saw her. then i definitely saw her <laughs> i was uh i was uh i opened a restaurant in oakland and i was doing a ton of, I, t- shout dude. out star on grand yeah so I, not not sorry i didn't open a restaurant but yeah. i worked like with as an opening staff for a restaurant that's still there and i'm just like god i like in downtown right right behind the fox uh my restaurant was next to the new parish and i'm just like dude and then she was playing music and like playing open mics and shit. I'm like, dude, we must, we may have crossed paths. We may have crossed paths. Not to sound paths. like a total creep, but I emailed her I and mean, I was like, it's interesting to think that we could have crossed paths. We've been doing this Radio Keys thing since about 2008. So Yeah, a little over 10 years. Yeah, wow. And we spent a lot of time in the East Bay. I was in Berkeley for about six, six years and six, seven years. That was when I had the, the vigor to deal with big city. <laughs> like, I just don't have that anymore. Like, we were t- hanging out with that. It's exhausting. Uh, one chick, what's her name? Missy. Missy, Missy yeah. Well, Ann and Missy came to our um, show, which was yeah, really cool. Yeah, shout out Ann and Missy. They, uh, so Missy was like, yeah, I had my window broken in my car like four times in the last three months. And I'm like, that is exhausting. She put a note up in her car that's like, there's nothing in my car. And then our buddy Vince just, le- he, he, when he yeah, has his car Vince open, Lay, he just like, leaves it unlocked. like, when I lived in Oakland, I just left my car unlocked. So they wouldn't smash him in. <laughs> a window yeah. but then it's like well are they gonna steal your car or, like piss in it or like <laughs> have sex in it or like whatever people do like i had people when i lived in berkeley um yeah they'd throw trash into my sunroof which i was like what that's so, <laughs> that's so rude like i just find like empty like mcdonald's cups and like ice in my car i'm like what the fuck anyway i <laughs> so disrespectful <laughs> i yeah, it's a little slower now where we live but it's it's kind of nice the, the speed like of it. the I speed like of it. this town right now fits the i do miss of my life, the speed so like of it. santa barbara i thought that was like a really good that's a good speed middle too. ground of when it's also just naturally slower because it's kind of like a beach town so everyone's right. like hey man what's going <laughs> on you know but i do like the speed of a small town a lot better so i did find that quote um so she uh so huffington posted an article on anna ash um talking my about my favorite uh news site <laughs> <laughs> they uh, <laughs> is it really <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah i um i read it from time to time i like their opinion you know carl our uncle carl wrote a, wrote a piece for them mm-hmm. um they have some fun opinion stuff but this is she's basically talking about so she's been sort of waitressing her way through playing music and there's a couple kind of existential lyrics she has in one of the songs we're going to play where it's like how long can we do this like how long can i you know try to make it work with music um and we'll get there um, it's scary thinking about the end that's the scariest it's scary when you're like we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go all out we're gonna take the, that leap yeah. that you have to take and go fuck it we're gonna whether it's lewis cooper moving to nashville or fucking somebody that you know drop yeah. out of college or whatever it is the black keys i read today they both dropped out of college to do the black keys and like record the big come up and it's like hey that worked <laughs> they're doing yeah. great but it's a big scary thing but for every big come up there's like a bunch hundred of bands that, that do the same thing and then they fail but it's like what what is really failing and what is really succeeding like are you failing if you don't have a desk job when you're 28 because you're traveling with a band no are you failing because you have a desk job when you're 58 and you're like behind on your retirement it's like not necessarily it's just life it's like and it's It's so corny to say but it's about the journey it's not about like well, when you're 65, you're going to retire and then everything's going to be great from there on out because you set <laughs> yourself it? up. You set yourself up. You got, you know, a nice little chunk of cash. You're going to go on a yacht somewhere. Mm-hmm. And but it's, it's like, like who you, gives a fuck? I've I, thought about it. I don't want to waste my youth doing something I hate so then when I'm 70, I can do something badass as I've, fuck. And I've spent a lot of time working 
waitressing and then working bullshit office jobs like receptionist mm-hmm. not that that no, no shade to the receptionist but well, it's just all, a boring we've fucking all job slogged. yeah we've <laughs> all talked shit about receptionist boring, no like i was a receptionist forever and it's episodes, just fucking so boring. boring that's all i'm saying i'm yeah, not talking shit is. i'm just saying it is painfully boring i filled in as receptionist at berkeley Dude. aviation when i first started and i was like i remember being like good god what? is there more for me to do and they're just yeah. like well when someone comes in uh just offer them some fucking coffee and you know if you could just like keep the phone number list up to date then you're doing great and i'm just like okay i'm gonna do other shit so i tried to write a novel anyway um <laughs> so i like my brain for was like sure, i need to do out. something <laughs> i'm like 50 pages in but i haven't touched nice. in a couple years um so anna's talking about um uh she's talking about uh money and music and all this thing and uh she says uh i still don't make a living off of music um i'm not trying to be like woe is me i wait tables and come from a poor family it's just pretty intense to be working in a creative field where there are so few voices talking about money and what it's like to be poor there's an entire voice of people that we don't get to hear that void is so intimidating and so overwhelming for most folks who are like man i want to be in a rock and roll band but i don't know anybody in a rock band who's ever made it and and she says i don't know what the solution is because i also don't know if i'll be able to keep doing what i'm doing financially i don't have that many examples of people who come from middle class families and were able to make it and it's it would it would just like well it's really interesting it, that she brings just, the class into it because it does make sense and we talked about having a parachute before and we talked about having that last thing fall right? through before yeah we have like, a safety net it was pretty easy for me to realize that i can like give music and the podcasting and just give this whole thing a go like an honest go because my parachute consists of you and tom you know being willing to take me into your house and like i can stay here with you guys and i have you know parents that are fine and they're they're not wealthy but they're not poor and they can you know open up a door to me if they if they need me but there's a lot of people that don't have that like we also like the biggest key in that is that like Yes, you have people that you can like physically stay with or whatever, but also we but we believe in you, and we well, believe that, that the decision lot. that you're making is the lot. right decision. Like if you, I was sh- I was shocked at how many people told me that it was the right idea for me to do that. Like I I always thought that it was well, like back to what we said with Anna, where somebody yeah. where you know her musician friends or her teacher or whatever was like, hey, you have something, do this. Like if you're ever in a position where you can tell somebody that, fucking tell them because ev- everybody who's doing something creative or like whether it be art or music or whatever thing that they're trying to do dancing i don't know people have a lot of passions like yeah. if somebody looks at them and goes hey you're doing the right thing like it is fucking monumental and you have to do that yeah and i like Cause we're constantly it means just a lot every second single friend, like because when i moved out of santa barbara i was in a really i was just in a really cushy situation like i was making good money i was living with four of my best friends i was living in a, a full house in santa barbara with right. a huge like garden backyard with you know fruit trees and we were you know going going out for beers on thursday we go to karaoke on tuesday we'd go to the beach on saturday like it was just a really cushy life but when i was living day to day in that life and i was still just feeling restless and i was feeling depressed at the end of it like sunday would come around sunday night would come around and then all of a sudden the beach is gone karaoke's gone and it's just me and it's sunday night and i'm got work the next Dude, day sunday nights are so fucking and i'm just depressing. like i'm They're like so depressing what have i actually done like yeah. i i haven't done anything well yeah trading your your hours for a handful Tra- of yeah and it's not even about going to the job it's i realized i wasn't working towards anything more meaningful and 
it's so important to work towards something meaningful in your life, even if it's just like, um, depend. It doesn't have to be music. Like music is what scratches that itch for me, you know. Um, but for anyone else, it could be a number of things. It could be you know becoming a better cook, like becoming. Yeah. Um, an artist becoming yeah. a writer, whatever you itch to do. And like a yeah. lot of my friends, you know, down South, they all play pleasure. ultimate Frisbee. So they're like trying to literally win a championship. Yeah. So like my buddy, Tyler Bacon is someone that I lived with and he's like a really inspiring dude because he's at the pinnacle of uh, ultimate Frisbee. Basically yeah. like he's won a championship. He's, you know, gone to nationals multiple times. He's, He's been captaining, you know, a top 15 team in the nation. And now he's coaching one of the professional teams. And it's like, that's his passion. And it's right. so, it's so inspiring to me. So then when someone like that comes to me and says, you're doing the right thing, like your music is good. You're good at what you do. And it's inspiring to me that, you know, Bagan saying that you're going for it. It's inspiring to me. And then someone that I'm inspired by saying that to me, it's, it's the same as this opera teacher for Anna Ash is like yeah it's saying you know you've got something going just go for it I know it's scary and but the thing is we're all gonna be fine like (laughs) we're all gonna be fine whether or not I have to work an office job or Anna Ash has to work an office job when she's 50 it's gonna be fine because in our hearts we know that we went for it and we tried it that's the whole thing is it's like what I what you don't want a million people will tell you this. We're not breaking any ground. What you don't want is to have any regrets that, when you're that, older. That, like, and I don't want guilt, that's just like torturing yeah, you. I don't want that regret of like, Hey, you know, Oh yeah, we were in a band, but then we just kind of stopped. Like, I don't yeah. want that, you know? And I, I want, I want to say, Hey, you know, I had this, we had this town and we had this like itching to write songs and, and we had the opportunity. Yeah. We have the, like, we're not like, we, we're not privilege. strapped it's down by kids. Yeah. We're not strapped down yeah. by, financial you know waste or anything like that like we we don't have debt and like the honest truth well, is speak for yourself. Well, actually, <laughs> let's not talk about financial <laughs> everyone oh, has debt, debt but yeah I, anyway what i'm trying to say is like we're not like yeah we have debt but we don't have like crippling bankruptcy type debt where we're trying to pay off a house and we're trying to no, pay exactly. off a car and we're trying you no, know we are we're very privileged and i and i really and and if you and if yeah, and a lot of people work harder than we do, and a lot of people don't work as hard as we do, and we're we're maybe somewhere in the middle. But it's like, if we have this, like you said, opportunity, why not? What's stopping us? Yeah. Hey, let's get this second song in. Let's now get that we're getting song. way too existential, like we always do. Um, we can do um her kind of existential song. Want, which one is that? It's holding out. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Yeah, do it. I think it fits in with what we're talking about, and it's 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 one it's one of my favorite. I can't even talk about a favorite song off this record because I love it as a package. Like all 10 songs, like I, I think I've said it already, but I, when I listen to this album, it is front to back every time. And I don't listen to most albums that hmm. way. I think, yeah, I you were, you were actually I think saying in the should. last podcast that you wish you did it more, but it seems like you, with vinyls, I do with it's this, easy to I do. do with this record. I would always, it was kind of like my, um, it's a pain in the ass to change my your vinyl zen, track. Like I, <laughs> you know? Well, it is, but like, it's, it's really easy to do with vinyl because you can, you know, yeah, you can't skip it as easily. Um, but yeah, I would just put this on when I was cooking or when I'm in the bathtub or like when I'm at work and I, it was always, first second third like it was always in order i was never never shuffled whenever it. people are listening to the radio in the bathtub i always picture those like movie scenes where they're like 
committing suicide. And oh, like, and it falls in. Yeah, no, so I have a uh, I have a Bluetooth, and it's like fifteen feet away from me. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm just as paranoid and weird as you are. So trust me, I yeah. I have it pretty far away. Well, being in the insurance um, game for six years, yeah, it's a lot of ways to <laughs> you accidentally see a die. A lot of ways that people die. I know. And get really injured. And you're like, damn, dude. But um, but yeah, I've always this yeah. is one of those sacred albums to me where I always listen to it front to back, and I can't explain why. Um, but this is one of my. I, favorite tracks off it um i think to showcase her um in a lot of ways uh and and lyrically i think it is existential um kind of thinking about um you know towards the future and and uh what happens know what vibe she kind of gives me Hmm. i don't know if it makes any sense at all but just speak from your heart Stuart. it's it's like speak from your heart (laughs) it's like i'm watching an 80s movie when i'm listening to her and i'm not sure why you know what's funny is the first time i played her for you I remember we were driving. We we're doing the long drive from the Bay Area up to Santa Lena. I'm talking like sixteen candles, like yes. Breakfast Club. Yes. Like so you, I played her, and I was like, I don't know if you'd be into shit. doing this for the Rock and Roll Review. I don't know if it's like, you know, rock and roll enough. I don't know what I was worried about. I think she's just so close to my heart that I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be okay. You didn't want me but to like, lash I, out. I didn't like, want you to be like, I don't ideas. like it because like she. It's almost like playing. Like when you play your own music for someone, yeah. like Radio Keys, it's like, if you don't like this, I'll be really upset. <laughs> I so never, I like played yeah. it for you and you're like, I'm super down. I love this. And one of the first things you said about her was you're like, this kind of has like a 90s vibe. And I agree. And I think there was a little surge in the 90s of like um, fem- female fronted bands that were a little edgier and like grungier mm. and more badass and like had electric guitar, like Lucinda Williams, even oh. fucking Cheryl Crow, yeah. dude. Like it's like, and it just kind of was so she has a little bit of that and then in this song especially there's a heavy electric guitar well th- really that's what great. i was getting yeah, into, sorry, go into earlier it. like i was talking about her you know her silver tone guitar and i was also talking about her fender amp mm. and her tremolo and like a little bit of fuzz to her sound and like right. that sound is very unique to her and if you can really hear it in this song cuz there's like these really strong accents after like these these uh, vocal lines there's like an accent and um, that's, I think that's like, epitomizes her guitar tone perfectly. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a really, it's that warm kind of. I don't want to call it a '90s tone because it's not really. It's um. Anyway, I think we just play it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm trying to categorize. Um, so this is uh her song "Holding Out" from her twenty Anna Ash Anna Ash's 2016 album "Floodlights." Don't forgive you and I 
So I we we talked about how we don't love to like put things into genres. Are you were talking about that? I don't mind. It's no, hard. I, I don't. I'm not against it. I'm just saying for for certain things, it it's it feels like you're trying too hard to to fit like a peg into a a round peg into a square pole. Yeah. Sometimes well, like, that's when that I way. don't like and, it. But I think when you're relating it to things and making connections, I think that's fine. So I I kind of feel almost bad about saying it because I don't think anyone really likes, like we were talking about the Red Walls where they were getting compared to the Beatles all the time and they're like, we don't sound like the Beatles, man. Like, and they're getting all buttered about it. And it's like, guys, they like, sound so much like the Beatles. Like, <laughs> if someone... If someone is saying you sound like someone, it's not necessarily an insult. It's like you know what your brain does; it makes fucking connections. It's like if when you, you hear anything or see anything or listen to anything or meet even meet people or see a person, you're you're just it's making like a connection to something. It's like if you eat a red you know. M&M and you're like, it tastes a little bit like a cherry to me. You know, like exactly. You're just making a random connection. You're like, well, it tastes like something else that I know. So this something else that I know is this. And like right. with her, the, it's not a negative thing. It's the a way positive I do thing. it with music is i always think about what artists it kind of sounds like to me yeah i think i think we all do that and uh with this one especially it kind of has like a cheryl crow like vibe in the verses and then i can't really tell if it's the chorus or the pre-chorus but then it it just sounds like um anyway uh i i I don't want to like go too much into it no you're fine she definitely has like a, a cheryl crow slash like Fleetwood Mac vibe to me that I can't I can't shake it necessarily and I'm not saying like it's like blatantly like you know ripping off obviously but what I'm saying is like I think that's the vibe that I get and I don't think anyone's especially when you're talking about like we've we've talked about it multiple times with like the Frank like you're growing up as a musician you have like a a Frankenstein mesh of different influences that you have (laughs) and sometimes you sound more like one influence than another and I would love to ask her like um, if she was like influenced by like Fleetwood Mac or like I can I can give you a few that she has chicks, named like you were talking about Lucinda Williams. Well, she Cheryl covers Crow. uh she covers two Lucinda Williams songs um really beautifully too um and then she she mentions Bonnie Raitt um and Emmy Lou Harris um uh both guitar players. I know Bonnie Raitt is. I'm not sure. Bonnie, I think they're all guitar players. Yeah, and Lucinda Williams definitely is, and she's Lucinda Williams is kind of like one of those first like female um, kind of badass artists that decided to play electric guitar. Cause the acoustic guitar, it's like, yeah, John Baez, like, you know, women have been, or uh, Loretta Lynn, it's like, women have been playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. All right. But then it's like a lady with an electric guitar hadn't really been. Yeah. I'm, sure I, there's, well, sorry, I'm pretty sure Cheryl Crow let me, plays let me, electric guitar too. Let me give, uh, let me give credit where credit is due. It's fucking Sister Rosetta Thorpe, right? Oh yeah. That's I actually it. just saw a video of her today no, on Instagram. She, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what am I talking about? She was, was she? She's like the first female she's playing musician one of I can picture with Gibson a fucking SGs. electric yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah, like just a badass. And well, like, she does up above my head, right? I think she does. That's a gospel yeah. tune. Yeah, up above my head. And we do it. The, I mean, we we do it more like the Wood Brothers do, it, but we do it even a little bit faster than them and more like a little well, bit the, more. They changed the lyric, there must be a joy somewhere, but I think the original is there must be a God somewhere. Yeah, it's maybe. More, it's more direct. The, <laughs> maybe the there's version. a God somewhere. But I, yeah, I watched a recent uh, video of her playing electric guitar, and I'm just like, what a fucking badass. Have like, how one recent chick? Um, she's fairly old. I think she's like four, mid-40s, maybe even 50, but she's like this slide-playing electric guitar-playing chick who is... 
out of this world. I, I, I was just like, what the hell? Like I was watching a video of her you know play. The name? I can't remember her name. It, try, well, I'm going to say me. a quote. So I'll try um, to find if you her. You can try really to quick. figure it out. Um, so we just played the song holding out, which you, you can hear. There's some kind of existential lyrics there. Um, what happens, you know, it's waxing philosophical about what happens if I keep working these jobs that kill me? What happens if I get too old and I don't have no money and I don't have a love? Like that's, that's heavy. Anyway. Um, oh, her name's uh, Joanna Connor. And she just I plays. I have to it's check this here, check out. It out. Oh, that sounds rough. Cool. It sounds great. Um, yeah, so she's, she's just, just going off. I mean, yeah. that. Yeah, just I like, going I dig off. It. Um, so she, uh, there's a Deep Cuts blog I read about her, and it's got some quotes on her, and it's a little more recent. Uh, a lot of the articles I found on her are about her uh, first album, her debut album, which is great, These Holy Days. Um, but I couldn't find a lot on Floodlights, and this one was talking about Floodlights, and she says, um, Flood Floodlights is primarily a live record. We tracked drums, bass, rhythm guitar, lead vocals, and some of the lead guitar all live. Uh, the songs are simple, and I wasn't interested in getting too heavy on the production side. I wanted the sound, the songs to sound like a band in a room. Holding Out, which we just played, was all about those hits on the guitar. Um, I think that song could stand on its own with those lyrics and that guitar. I didn't want to fill up all the space. I think it should just be able to breathe. Yeah, and a lot of bands nowadays really try to fill up all the space. With like production wise. All the space yeah. production. And, and by space, overdubbing. what we mean and what she means is like, if you think of like the spectrum of 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 sound, you, you yeah. explain this so much better than yeah. I do. The frequencies and like some people like feel like they need to check it off and it's not wrong. I mean, a lot of mastering tools do this too, where they pump up different frequencies, but you just basically when they're talking about filling out sound, they're like, oh, I have my bass instrument. Right. I have my mid-range guitar type instrument. And now I have like my high lead instrument, whether it's a lead guitar, whether it's like a keyboard or a synth that's like kind of playing over the top. And then there's, you know, the, like the, the vehicle for the, the lyrics and the, right. and so there, there's a lot of different ways to fill in the sound. And what she's saying is she's not trying to, do too much she's leaving a little negative space and you know what's funny is negative space is something we talk about a lot in art um so i studied art history and i'm a painter and it's like you talk about negative space so much and in design i think anybody who works in the visual world will will agree photography it's like negative space can be really powerful as well and i never really connect that with sound mm -hmm. um but it's an interesting kind of way to approach it where it's like, no, it's okay to have a little bit like just to, and she said, let it breathe. Right. She said like, let the song breathe or let the whatever guitar or whatever she means. Um, and it's like, it's, it's kind of nice to think about because when you, when you put your headphones on, and you start listening to a song, um, you kind of get the whole arc of the song. Um, sort of, uh, everything, everything, uh, given to you at once but your brain for me as a musician I tend to pick certain things out so I pick out a voice or lyrics or I pick out oh there's a piano playing or whatever um, and so it's kind of nice to have that whole spectrum of sound the whole package be minimal because it yeah. does let because if you think about all the instrumentation and all that is a vehicle for the message and the song itself yeah. or whatever and it's all supporting one idea and if if it's simplified, it's there's there's something really beautiful about the simplicity of this whole record, but it's yeah, less less can be more. And it's just that that whole 
Well, it like it's it, like the best. I mean, one of the best example of it. Nirvana albums unplugged? is unplugged, oh, right? Yes. And like, and that was like a live <laughs> tracking where yes. they. I think, and I think I talked about this before. We've talked about Nirvana with, unplugged for sure on this podcast. And like, yeah. I think one thing that I talked about and I didn't even really realize it is that's kind of what got me into more of an Americana type type vibe. Is yeah. it was. It was Nirvana Unplugged when I was like, oh shit, acoustic guitars can be cool. Because <laughs> before right. I was just like, acoustic guitars are corny. <laughs> they're well, they're started, lame. What's like, so funny is you started on electric. It's so and funny thinking that's that so different nowadays me. because like basically my guitar playing arc was played Jimi Hendrix and only wanted to play like lead Jimi Hendrix. So I didn't even learn chords. I just learned like his lead lines like... Danny. Yeah, like Purple Haze or Voodoo Child or something yeah. like that. And I wouldn't even learn chords for like a while. That's so crazy to me because the first thing I fucking learned was an acoustic guitar with chords. It's like we went on one, the opposite One uh, listener way. commented on, on one of our like uh, threads that we put the podcast on. And he was like, I find it really suspicious that you didn't learn chords first. It's like learning guitar without chords. I'm suspicious. And I'm like, you're like, I'm being honest about like, my weird what? way of learning. What is guitar. this? A murder mystery? <laughs> like I, I just like fucking, this is how I learned how to play guitar. Mm, like suspicious. So my, yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> so my arc was like six years or so of playing lead. Obviously, obviously right. in that six years, I learned chords eventually, but like, and then when you and I started playing together, I was still playing electric guitar. I'm like, this just sounds like shit when I play electric guitar and it's just the two of us. Like, so it I started sounds, playing acoustic. It sounds so good when you play, yeah, acoustic. Um, it sounds really full. It's funny because acoustic It gives it that percussion too. Acoustic, acoustic guitar in a full band setup can disappear, but on It can its also own, conflict it, with the drums, I feel like. Right. Like they're I, too percussive. Like I, like your um, biggest direction with me and I, I embrace it. I'm not trying yeah. to be like, you're criticizing me, but the biggest thing that you tell me when I play acoustic guitar in our full band is like, is like you don't, cause like I'm, so I think anybody who starts playing acoustic guitar and writing songs, like I kind of did, it's like, yeah. I'm filling in everything. So it's very yeah. uh, percussive. You're yeah. kind of doing a lot of like Justin Towns Earl style, uh, uh, right hand movements. Yeah. And um, so when I started playing with Alante and Tom, I was still doing that. And you were like, you can just, you can cool it on the yeah. on the. Um, well, in that less is more definitely because in that less is more. You're like just hit a chord, and I felt so stupid. I'm just like, oh no, I'm just hitting a chord and waiting ten seconds and then hitting a chord, yeah. and it it's humbling because it's like no no no, it sounds better. Yeah, it sounds better because like the drums and the bass are filling in that. Well, I went through that whole thing too because you and I like I played. My pride got in the way. Yeah. I was like, no, I can play yeah. more with and my right hand, and you're like, helps. just fucking pride <laughs> never helps. <laughs> just hit the notes. So like it's I fine. I was doing this rock and roll thing where I'm playing lead guitar all the time, and I'm playing like heavy distorted guitar, and right. I'm you know filling in the spots because Matt's also playing electric guitar. You know, I have a bass and drums, so I got into this great vibe where I was playing like just enough and i was playing lead but i was also like playing some rhythm and some accents and whatever and then when i started playing with you i was still playing that way and i was like i have to fill up way more space with just my right, right hand and like the acoustic um percussiveness of it and so then i started doing that way more like started playing way more percussive and then when we got back into a full band, I was yeah. still doing that. And I was like, right. and it didn't sound good because yeah. I, like I was doing what Alante is already doing, but we weren't doing it like synced up like we were one person. It <laughs> was like you just, can't combat. Yeah. Like, you, you said it a 
a great way and I, I'm not going to try to quote you directly, but you were basically like Alante's handling it, but yeah. not in like that, not that direct, but you were just yeah. like, he, he's got it. Like he's got the well, beat. Tom like, and Alante if you, if you try to make it. a beat yeah. on top of that, it's it, with your guitar. It, it's a little, it's, it's a little much. It doesn't leave much room for error. Like you're either playing exactly in the pocket with them right. or you're fucking it up. Yeah. And not, I don't I, mean like you specifically. I mean like in general, like, no, I have to say like, you it's gotta been let really... a drummer and a bass player carry it. And like, this dude, what's his name? Joe Dart. Joe Dart, her bass, bass player, player is like, a badass. He's way in the pocket and her drummer's way in the pocket. And if you notice her playing, like she she has like these accents, right. like in, you know, holding out like with that big accent and there's stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And it makes it all the more special, you know? So anyway, what I'm trying to say about the whole <laughs> acoustic guitar thing and less is more is like when it comes to Nirvana, like they are incredible, obviously. And I love most of their albums but for me their acoustic album with no overdubs just you know kurt acoustic guitar pat smear playing acoustic guitar that that one cellist i'm not sure who she is but she's like a cellist and she she's inspiring to me because when i we have some acoustic songs now i want to put cello in them pretty much because of that album wow yeah i'm you texted me out of the blue one day this is that's how it works when you're siblings and you write songs together. Um, you just text me and you're like, I think we should put cello on this song. And I was like, yeah, I don't know where this came from, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, absolutely. Why would I say no to cello on this? Uh, which song was it that you wanted? Uh, Fourth Lake. Fourth Lake. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that song is is calling for it. And like we, we've talked before about like, quote unquote, serving the song and giving yeah. the song what it needs. And if the song doesn't call for well, drums that's how or whatever. Radio, that's how Radio Keys was born with my solo project is like, I want to just play in the songs what serves the song best. I well, don't want to so serve egos. I want to bring serve, it back to Anna. Yeah. So she said, uh, she, she talks a little bit about um, in some of the interviews that I was reading about how um, she, uh, in Floodlights especially, she was trying to kind of... Um, uh, she says think less when she's singing just kind of let uh her voice be again a vehicle and sort of an instrument just like we talked about billy holiday things like louis armstrong plays trumpet it's 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 more about the sound of it than anything having to do with ego yeah or like what it's I really mean, hard think, to explain because it's very of, abstract honestly but, i think there's a lot of ego with jazz musicians because they they want to get their 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 thing out like whatever it is their impressive thing that they do like especially that bop like bebop like area era where they're just like basically trying to see who can run these bebop scales the fastest like there's a lot of ego in that but not with her vocals i don't think at well all. i think it's an interesting way to think about because like i so i listen to floodlights um and i listened to her first album which is a little i and this isn't a knock on it at all. I think it's a fabulous album and it's a for fucking her writing those songs at 21. Holy smokes. Like it is a really well-crafted album, but it it's different. It's a little busy. Wait, how old is she? she? I don't know. Maybe. But you said she was 21 when what? She album recorded uh, or wrote the songs for uh, these holy days. So that was I think 2000. She's, she's around our age. Said? I think she's like between 29 and 31. Okay. Um, so anyway, she, um, yeah, you, threw me off um, i totally so she, do that all the time yeah <laughs> no, that's my fine. specialty um so she uh she was um 
she talks about in floodlights in this new album, how she's kind of uh, more concerned with her voice as a vehicle for the lyrics and the emotions. And it's like thinking of your voice more like an instrument as opposed to, I, I, I don't know what the alternative is. Maybe like, um, just singing the way you've always sang or like just singing in your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but if you think about your voice as like, no, I just want to serve this tune. And she, she does talk about that. She says, uh, how do I serve this tune? How do I give this song what it deserves? And this whole album is kind of about um, stripping things down. Well, it's great that she can like take a step back and like yeah. look at her voice and like, and, and think about, uh, ex- because a lot of people, they don't recognize when they're doing too much, you know? And sometimes... Yes. And it, it can happen in any aspect of life. It can happen like, you know, in when you're just having a conversation and someone's just talking way too much and you're like, hey man, like <laughs> pump the brakes. I like like to let call someone them else a talk. Blowhard. Yeah. So there, you know, there's yeah. that. There's like <laughs> it's one of my favorite like, weird you imagine, expressions is blowhard. Yeah. Could you Im- imagine Anna Ash's music if there's like this nice subtle like backdrop everyone's you know playing their part and then like fucking Yingwei Malmsteen comes in he's like it's just, like playing some crazy guitar so you're like dude would you yeah. take a step back dude, and chill? songs are such a delicate thing and like such a fucking vulnerable personal thing and mm-hmm. like to to bring like I I feel like I have kind of a safe space being in a band with you my brother and then also my husband and then Alante who I'm really close with as well where it's like I can bring you guys these songs and go hey these are these little thoughts coming this out is of my about head my other boyfriend Tom. it might be fucking terrible but I hope you guys like are first of all honest with me whether or not you think it's a good song or not because I definitely write some songs that are you know don't really I need try to not to like talk shit on a song realized. I don't like I, I what I try to do is just be like I really like this song. Like if you show me like three songs and I'm like meh about one of them and like, and okay about two, but then like fine. really I, I into definitely, three. Like, yeah. And I think that's how all songwriters should be humbled a little bit. And and again, it's like that thing of like, I don't really know which no song one, I mean, is no one bats best a out of the three no that one, I wrote. No one knocks which every best? song out of the park that they no, write. Like, um, like you're, I think that, you're saying there's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Like Voice I would say about 70% our- <laughs> of the songs I write are bullshit. And some of them are good, but for the most part, it's like me having a kernel of an idea and then shooting it down before I even show it to anyone because I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, and it's, and there's for every one or two really great songs that we've actually gone through with recording, I've written eight shitty ones and I, you know, there's still voice memos on my phone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. we can play another one. Yeah, let's do it. Did um, you want to do the, player? You want to do player? Yeah. I think player is her second track off the album. We just played her third, so we're going a little out of order. Um, just by the way our conversation went, which I think is fine. And um, yeah, so I think uh, this is maybe her like kind of uh, single off the record. I would I would guess it's kind of like the most kind of upbeat kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Um, catchy tune. And this, and I, I mentioned her like kind of sounding way. a little bit like Sheryl Crow slash Fleetwood Mac to me. And um, I think in this song, it really comes through the Fleetwood Mac. There's like one like segment that sounds a lot like Fleetwood Mac in the best way possible. Like, yeah, because I don't like, I don't even love Fleetwood Mac, but when there are certain things that Fleetwood Mac does where I was like, oh, I actually, I actually kind of like this song, yeah, you yeah. know? Oh, they're. They're amazing. I mean, I had, no like, I had this whole stigma with them because, I mean, they do that song, like, Rhiannon, and that was, like, my first girlfriend you was named this, Rhiannon. This, yeah, no, and I get so, it. You like, have this, like, connection. So it's, like, just always, like, like, this connection where I was, like, well, we had, you know, a breakup, and then there was this. <laughs> so it's, like, there's, like, an unfair stigma to Fleetwood Mac, you know? I think, 
everybody can think of a but, weird unfair stigma they have whether it's about a person <laughs> or like a movie or like a song where so it's just like unfair. i don't like it because it was playing when i got broken up with in eighth grade yeah, yeah. there's definitely but that like uh, they, i i feel like i'm i'm discovering fleetwood mac now i i actually saw i saw tom petty like 10 years ago at the greek theater in brooklyn he brought out Stephen nicks and i was like I was like, I, I know I was like 18 and I was like, I know who Stevie Nicks is, but not really. And I tried to get yeah. into Fleetwood Mac and I wasn't really ready yet. You know, when you're not ready yeah. yet. I just wasn't ready. Well, that yet. was like me with Van Morrison and then for recently, like dude, forever. I fucking love but Van now Morrison I love, too. I'm like the older I get, do I just like do old people dude, just I, love Van Morrison? I love <laughs> is that what happened? Van, I can't get in. I love Van Morrison. Um, but yeah, you I got, went through a kick you, of Van so Morrison. Like, you got introduced to Fleetwood Mac. Um, we most recently had, um, the last time we went to New York, we stayed with Hannah and Alec for a little while, and like Hannah played like an entire like Fleetwood Mac playlist oh, one really? night. Yeah, and I was like, I'm in. I'm actually into they're, this. No, they're like, amazing. Was, yeah, yeah. So this song for me, uh, player the. Uh, there's well, like, she does this great thing. So she, I'm sorry. I, I no, no, go you. ahead. Um, she does this great thing um, in this uh, in this album and just in kind of consistently throughout it where she she plays around like i said she used to sing alto and then she was somebody finally said actually you're a soprano and we talked about this before it's like yeah. in high school they said you're an alto and i get that because she a can sing alto in that yeah. range and then b um choirs tend to fill in what they need and it's not yeah it's high not school like bands a, middle school bands they do like, that shit too they're like you oh you sing. play trumpet how about french horn dude <laughs> you know? the reason i played trombone was because i was like oh i think i want to play like saxophone whatever the fuck i wanted to play and he yeah. was like well actually there's no trombone players so if you guys want to play trombone yeah. and yeah. then me and lily played that trombone and it was so much it was funny but it and then yeah Our brother I think it too Our brother in, played trombone. Yeah, i think it happens in choir where it's like i was I can sing higher now. I don't know what I am naturally. I'm probably a natural alto. Um, but I was like put in as a contralto slash. I would sometimes sing like the guys parts and like, cause they were like, Oh, you can sing low, like do that. And it's fine because I could. Um, but it does in, in some ways, I mean, in some ways it definitely will, will kind of pigeonhole you. But I think she, uh, she was called an alto and she can sing alto. And then she was able to sing soprano in college and, and focus on jazz and stuff and classical as a soprano, which she's a strong soprano. Um, but in this song and in a lot of her songs, she does this cool thing where in the verses she's singing this very low register when you've been broken yeah this kind of low bluesy kind of register that's kind of casual you know it's kind of almost like well murmur, that's where the, that's like the cheryl crow like vibe is like that kind of talking singing uh in a like a lower register because in the 90s and early 2000s like Cheryl Crow was all about that sound but and then our dad it, loves some Cheryl Crow so we hear Cheryl Crow quite a bit the, in the chorus she comes in strong with this like it's almost like a different singer took the mic it's like she yeah. comes in strong with this like high soprano like really clean um she's got a lot of vibrato on it but like vocals and uh it's it's a fun contrast and it's uh it adds so much again dynamic to the song and i think we should just play All it right. you so, have some notes you can do them now or um after no no i I, call? I i think i actually already gave most of the notes just over the course of the podcast but like basically the only thing that i'm really not the only thing but one thing that i noted is i'm really impressed with how she transitions between her chest voice and her head voice oh it's which is like amazing. a falsetto yeah. um i've heard a schools of thought like being a music major that 
uh, for women it's called a head voice and for men it's called a falsetto. I don't really give a fuck. It's all the same thing. It's like using... I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've never really studied music like in the way you have. It's like most of us talk from our diaphragm and we sing from our diaphragm, right? Yes. And then if you kind of go into that next octave, like if all of a sudden I'm talking like this, like that's me going into falsetto, right? right? So... What I like, I said, there's like a school of thought where it's like for women they just call it a head voice, but I'm like, it's basically the same mechanism, right? When I don't, so like it's I, really I, fucking hard to go from your chest voice to your falsetto voice, like but that. I also, and like she does it so cleanly and like flawlessly, and it that's the mark of a, a good soprano, and a lot of sopranos can do that, and that's kind of what separates altos from sopranos a lot is like that accessibility to the to the head, head voice. voice in the upper but, register. I have to, I have to say like, I, and I, I'm not classically trained in music at all. So you are, you can correct me when I'm saying anything that's completely wrong, but there's some, so when I think of falsetto as a singer myself, like I think of like, I can sing higher songs like Sweet Soul with my full voice and it's high. If you see hello like that's yeah. high but it's it's my voice from my diaphragm yeah but then when i think about falsetto it's like ah, it's like yeah. this it's like this mariah carey shit right yeah and it's no she's amazing i'm not trying she but well, she uses she her does, falsetto she like does crazy some shit that's even more insane than that she does whistle singing she which she is she, a fucking monster she on the mic like, make literally this whistle sound in the back yes. of her throat so like <laughs> Yeah, I like, can't. I'm no, not gonna try to it. You've all fucking but, heard yeah. Mariah Carey. She's a badass. She does, yeah, so that's like another badass level. Bitch. That's like whistle singing. But so what I hear with Anna is this: not only is she going from her "When You've Been Broken," young, so that kind of like bluesy, whispery, like alto, and then she's going "Hello," and it's it's full voice. Yeah. But then she's also you'll hear in other songs. I don't know if she does it in this song, but in other songs she does go to this like. And it's like it's that was terrible, but it's 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 like it is head voice, and like with her, I almost can't. It's her, either her head voice or her falsetto is so powerful that I can't tell where it's coming. I'm more from. talking about like when she transitions, like she'll yeah. hit one note that's in a falsetto, right? And like you'll be like, oh, like that, and you'll yeah. notice it, and you'll, and then she comes back flawlessly into her chest voice which is not easy to do like yeah. if anyone's listening and wants to try it like try talking and then go oh, your head voice. like <laughs> and, and then like try to hit all the right notes along the way yeah like it's not easy it's not easy at all it's like an underrated aspect of singing Basic, yeah basically and I, women do it a lot more than men do like yeah. men do not go into falsetto nearly as much as women go into their quote head voice yeah but um yeah i mean it sounds good but like Everlasting Light is a great example of um, the Black Keys. Yeah, song Black Keys. Where Dan, Dan, Dan Auerbach. Like, the whole he song, sings like, the entire song in falsetto, and it's yeah, like, and it's it, so it always makes you think. You're like, why did he decide to do that? Like, you could picture him in the studio being like, "Let me be your everlasting." Ooh, like, well, it just doesn't sound right. And then Let next thing you know, be. he goes into falsetto. So. Anyway, I feel like I'm just rambling. At this point. <laughs> it's all good. I, I'm I'm excited about this track. Yeah, I'm um, excited about her her vocal performance in that track with uh, in this track with her, uh, her like her flexibility. Yeah, and just just listen to, to the dynamic. Range. It's 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 real fun. Whether you're a singer or not, I think you'll be uh, shook by it. All right, so this is her second song off her 2016 album Floodlights. Um, Anna Ash. It's titled Player. When a 
scared of what you know Well, no doubt you can find another Who won't tell you to talk a little bit about her voice um from her voice uh sort of her, her talking about her own voice um because that's really front and center her, her voice music. on her voice her voice <laughs> on her voice, her voice um, so this is from the voice. deep cuts blog that i read and she, it's a quote and um it's talking about the floodlights album and she says uh for a little while i was very self-conscious about singing high and singing loud I'd gotten feedback from some people I worked with that I that was over the top because some folks wanted more subtle and lower style singing. But when I was making Floodlights, which is the album we've been um, playing, um, I got way more comfortable because I was producing it myself. So she paid all those musicians with her like waitressing money, which is so cool yeah. uh, to cut that album. Um, and she says, uh, I was producing it myself and could carefully choose every vocal take and how it would all sound. And well, I just producing realized- means something different, like. She in the music world, like if you're producing an album, you're making the decisions. You're not necessarily paying someone. She also paid for like, it. Like, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the financials in this situation. But what I'm trying to no, say I is, am. like, she, for, she for but it. when you say someone's producing an album, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're paying for it. It means that I think they're, she's doing both. Yeah, I it, would producing wager. is like the person who like makes the decision. So when she's saying she's producing it. I'm not sure. I mean, she's obviously also probably paying for it because it's her solo project. But I think that's what she means. And by by paying for it, I think she's paying for the studio time and she's also paying. um, I think she's paying her musicians. Um, If not, then they're donating their time to a really worthy cause. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, she says I could carefully choose every vocal take. And I just realized my voice is high and it's loud. It's who I am. So what these songs are, they're not quiet or subtle. So Floodlights was about getting more comfortable with who I am as a writer and being like, yeah, it's going to go there. Um, so, yeah, um, I I think so. As far as like uh, I actually asked her, I was like, you know, there's a real shift uh, between your first album and this album. Um, this album's a lot, uh, it's simplified. It's a lot more minimal sound wise. Yeah. Um, and it lets the songs sort of, um, showcase it sounds like she got a, a little bit of a, a different grip on her vocal performance too. It sounds yes. like oh, she of like course. six years. Or yeah. Four years it later, sounds yeah. like she really like, um, she really was able to rein it in. And we were talking about this with our own voices. Like there's right. certain of like quote effects you can put on your voice. Like, for me, it's like getting like grungier and getting more raspy. Right. And like it naturally does that, but sometimes I do it too much and it just doesn't sound good to a certain point. It's like you're turning that filter. It's like on Instagram, like you turn the filter right. all the way up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's a nice blend of filter you can put in. Or- and I think with her voice, like I think not that she had a poor vocal performance in 2012, but I think her vocal performance in 2016, right? That's when the album came right. out. Is, is like so polished and it's, well, it's polished and i'll tell you like if you listen to the 2012 record um which again on its own is a great record mm-hmm. however when you hear floodlights you're like oh my god i 
absolutely yeah. want her to sound like this or it's not about well, what I, I want think, but it's yeah. it's like this is this is so much more her and she says like the 2012 album was like sort of with a team of people or a couple of people that she worked with on it she had more of like a not like a band but people that were kind of giving their influence on it yeah. and then floodlights was just her producing it and the big difference that i notice um two things one there's a lot going on in the first record um sound wise there's a lot of instruments um which with a vocal performance like hers i feel like you don't you could tone it down a little Mm -hmm. and then the second thing i noticed is that she's definitely um singing a lot more um in that soprano sort of just in the same range a lot and and it's not and i'm again i'm not trying to criticize at all but positively i think that in floodlight she really found a way to sort of go hey i can but do, do this bluesy would, yeah. alto shit and then i can do you also think do she'd want you to say that her 2012 album was better though like i, I think she's grown I think it's different. so much i think and it's, it's like, different and i how, think how, she's found it almost feels like she was in a band and this is her solo album and it's yeah. like her well, it, I think, it sounds like her. I think she's found her sound a lot more in this album. Oh, 100%. I, think, I mean, there's a lot of experimentation that goes along with writing music and performing music and even recording music. Like, you could record a whole album and still right. be experimenting with who you are. Yeah. And for for her, I think that this... 2016 album is like she kind of realized so good. <laughs> she like put she like put it all together like yeah. if you were shooting like 70 percent before now you're shooting like 90 percent. like you just have those little improvements like those incremental improvements and i think you know? a big part and she she said i i asked her ooh, i asked her uh sorry that's our lamp um i asked her <laughs> um there's a contrast between the sounds and she said well i started writing these holy days when i was 21 and floodlights when I was 25, 26. So that's a huge shift. Age, experience, confidence, etc. I also self-produced floodlights, whereas Holy Days was a collaboration between myself and three other people. I didn't know how to engineer back then. Didn't know shit about microphones. Oh, so she's engineering. Didn't have oh, very wow. good time. I was just a little spring chicken writing songs, trying my best. And I'll say about these Holy Days, the songs, like the lyrics and the song structure yeah. are really advanced. But I think, anyway. Um, but she'll say... Uh, I was trying my best. Unfortunately, I had talented friends who were drawn, uh, who were down to work on and record with me. With floodlights, I knew exactly how I wanted to make it. Tracking a live band to tape at a studio in Minnesota for four days, bouncing to digital and doing overdubs in LA, which is similar to how I made my new album as well, except we did everything here in LA. So, like we're going to wrap this up soon. And like one of the, one of the most exciting things about showcasing Anna right now is that she is coming out with, um, a new album. It sounds like in like a couple months, it's January, yeah. 2019 right yeah. now. And, uh, so she, so if you look at like her Spotify, she'll have, um, her 2012 record and then she'll have, uh, these holy days and then she'll have floodlights. And then she actually has like a, I think it's 2017 EP and it's four songs and it's called going down fast. And it's just her and an, an electric guitar. And I think I could be wrong, but I think that those four songs on that EP are going um, to translate, are going to into, translate the into the new okay. album, which I'm excited about because there's some really... Uh, so it's almost like sketching them out and just kind of... Yeah, it's like, I can. It's, it just sounds like her in a room with her electric guitar singing the songs to you. Yeah. And it's um, they're really... Uh, I, 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 uh, I feel really, really good about it and I'm really excited nice. about it. Yeah. So she hopefully will have an album coming out soon. So yeah, we're going to wrap it up because we're already a little over. But we, uh, we want to obviously, first of all, thank... And Ash for uh, 
yeah giving us this awesome interview and also giving us the permission to use her music which i think i mean it's all love here we're not right. trying to like give a critical we're not rolling stone like gonna give you like two and a half out of five stars or anything yeah. like that like we're just here to share music and um I mean, that's the whole premise of the show. So we, yeah. you know, thanks for allowing us to, to use the music because without the artists that we were covering there, I mean, we could do a show where I'm going to just talk and bullshit for right. two hours, but, no, but and I, I, and I, I think it's like much better talking about an artist and like having their music played. And I almost feel like what we're trying to do a little bit is like be a matchmaker between like when you find a record or an artist that you absolutely love and fall in love with whether that's because a friend mentioned it to you or handed you a fucking cd or whatever um or you found it on your own like it's such it's such fucking magic so like yeah. if if you listen to this podcast and you find one, one artist, artist that, you like. that you fall in love with like that that's all you yeah. know and like i i mean obviously we we love each and every one of these bands so much um artists so much and uh and we we, we just feel like they should be heard totally um, so, so so yeah there's not a ton of radio keys news in january we basically have We've recovered one from left. this disaster of my computer crashing <laughs> um so we're yeah we're working on the we album might be a little bit behind little on the album but yeah we definitely got punched in the mouth so we're coming back we're getting off the canvas and we're <laughs> we're getting back but the acoustic album is still slated to be released in the end of january hopefully yeah um, we have one show coming up in January. Um, we've been kind of taking like things are ram like ramping up for us immensely after you guys get back in February. But we have yeah, we're going to New Zealand. <laughs> Is that down. a New Zealand? That was accent? British. See, I can't do any <laughs> fucking accent. I'm just gonna stop. It's that gonna be like the new. It's gonna be the new drinking game. That's whenever like Emily does an <laughs> accent on this that's show, that's like if Ringo said New New Zealand. <laughs> That's Ringo that right was, there. What the fuck? That is was that? interesting. But I apologize. Uh, so you guys to the, are going for Carrie's wedding to New Zealand for yeah, my like best ten days. Getting married How in long? New Zealand. Uh, like ten days. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be I'll be house sitting, going going stag. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, Elante will come spend the night yeah. a few times, and you guys can party and drink a bunch of wine and <sighs> what else is new? Go to the so, local dive. It'll yeah. Be fun. So January twenty sixth, right? That's that's fireside that's lounge. the fireside lounge. Then we go to New Zealand, and then we have a we're playing a Starry Plow in February in Berkeley, and then we're also playing a Lagunitas Brewing Ooh, Company, which is I'm that's really excited about in Petaluma. Um, and by then we'll yeah. have our new album out. Hopefully, hopefully Yay, it'll come out like album, by yeah. the time you guys leave for new zealand is yes hopefully so we can out. like so we can take a little break we can be like <laughs> yeah you'll have the new album we'll have we won't be playing shows like for a little while yeah. we can just kind of take a little bit of a break right and then uh i mean this podcast is going to come out weekly so we'll we'll pre-record before you guys leave so we won't miss any episodes but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for us we have out. a pretty pretty slow slow week january i mean slow month january is always generally pretty slow for music people are so uh they're like detoxing from the holidays and like partying and shit. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to go kinda, out. It's kind of a nice kind of mellow month. I kind of, I kind of like it. It's like an awakening. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of sober January shit. People are like, I'm not drinking. I'm working out. I'm staying in. I'm eating healthy. Like there's a I, lot of that shit going on. I purposely like don't go to the gym 
or the yoga in January because I I'm annoyed at how it's many brutal. people are there. And <laughs> I mean, I go I'm I go to the gym. Asshole. I'm like, oh, there's too I, people. I really legitimately try to go to the gym four days to six days a week because I notice that it improves my mood a lot. Like it does. It, it, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I do just it, and it's also and, self confidence too. Like right. it makes you feel better about yourself. Oh yeah, um, I miss you, a, if you look better you, or you feel like you look better. You f- just feel better in general, and it makes you it just endorphins. It just, just releases health. endorphins. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's I miss important. I miss running this time of year. I can't really run as much because I I work during the daylight, which is such a fucking bummer. Yeah. And I come home and it's dark, and I I'm not gonna run in the dark because murders and shit. Serial killers. Just serial killers. <laughs> um, even in my tiny town, I'm not gonna run in the dark. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to the sun coming back. You could just run of, up and down Main Street like I feel one like block, <laughs> like twenty times. That's not a bad idea, actually. Um, I feel like I've been kind of hibernating, and we're coming out of it, and uh, we're working on some new songs and stuff, so it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so but we're going to play one We'd last. love to see everyone uh, January 26th. We're playing with Roxy, Roxy and our friends in Northerner. And Marge. Um, we really uh, are stoked to play with Roxy because we've seen her a couple times, and we haven't played with her yet. I mean, she's a really, really talented and really unique uh, singer-songwriter, so... We feel really, and she's a sweetheart, which I always yeah, like. We feel really privileged. <laughs> we like playing with bands that are nice. We just like playing with <laughs> bands that are a you know nice human beings, human beings, but also no are, egos, just chill. But also, we really like playing with bands that like seem like they give a fuck. And I know it sounds like so so lame to say that, like oh, we just like bands that care. But you'd be shocked at how many bands like quote play shows but they don't they don't, really, they don't it's not really they don't thing, post yeah. ever on social media they're like they don't promote the shows like they show up to a show every three months and they like bring nobody and then they yeah. kind of didn't practice well and being it's a like, musician it's just, to them is kind of the, on the back burner kind of shit and like I, it's like being uh, a golfer for like a, a rich businessman or something like it's, I don't and know. it's fine but yeah, it, yeah I, I i love playing with other bands where it's like they're they fucking pounding it. the pavement yeah, just like we it. are and they yeah they're hungry for it and they like really really the rocks it definitely fits that mold and yeah shoot. and we're playing with them again at the starry plow so i think yeah. we're playing back-to-back shows with them actually it'll be fun we're yeah. gonna be besties by the time it's all over yeah, we'll be i'm pretty excited um so we're gonna play one last song by anna and it's the um the last track off the album floodlights and it's um it's kind of different than the rest of the album it's it's just i'm pretty sure it's just an electric guitar and her singing and then her singing her own backup vocals so it's almost like and it's the title track it's called floodlights like the album's called floodlights and it's almost like um just her playing it in a room by herself. So it's kind of like she ends the album. She like has this whole album with this whole band supporting her and they're in the pocket and they understand her songs and it's perfect and it's beautiful. But then that last track is just her. Yeah. Like I even, like even like the backup vocals. That do that. Yeah. There's a lot of albums that do that. And it's really like the lyrics in the song, like as a songwriter, like first of all, there's really no chorus, which I always love in a song. Yeah. Um, it's just sort of a structure that really works. She does this really like, this really haunting kind of build on her vocals um, instead of a chorus, which is really cool. Um, but it, it's a completed idea. Um, Cause to say a song doesn't have a chorus is not a slide. It's just saying it's this, it's kind of impressive because it's a completed idea. It has a beginning, middle end and it has a recurring theme. Yeah. It might like, not uh, have. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's choruses like J Roddy Walston is like a perfect example of like someone who like nails a chorus and then they'll, 
you know, repeat the chorus three yeah. to four times because that's, you know, that's, that, a, and that's, that's a typical chorus. Yeah. But there can be hooks in a song that isn't necessarily a chorus or right. or a recurring theme, but there can be a, there can be a, I guess it would be a recurring theme if, it, if it's a hook, but it's just something that captivates your interest. It like throws a net over your interest. It's like, hey, listen yes. to me. And, and, like, and, it's, and it's storytelling and it's, it's telling the story without the chorus. And we've talked about it before. And uh, she's talked about it, like serving the song. Um, when you're songwriting, if, if it doesn't fit to add a bridge or something, don't fucking force it. Like yeah. if the song comes out this way, it comes out this way. And um, so the, the album's called Floodlights, this Deep Cuts blog. I, I hadn't really heard her talk about the title of the album a lot. And they said the, al- the album's title was inspired by, uh, so she lives in Los Angeles. And she's talked about like, you know, driving home late at night from Wagersing and like stumbling upon a movie set. Or some shit. So there's like floodlights, right? Oh yeah. And so she's saying it's like kind of inspired by like inspired by like the surrealism of encountering blinding, open-faced light fixtures shining up on otherwise pitch dark suburban streets in the middle of the night, as one might find in Hollywood. Um, so I I just I just I thought that was really interesting because yeah. I I've never lived lived in L.A. But she's channeling a lot of that. And then um, I spent I spent a good amount of time in LA and I never like came across a movie set or anything like that but I definitely there's definitely a different feel It's just a real weird it's a f- strange place and she she's kind of embraced the strangeness um and been inspired by it and she said it's kind of I think California's beat her up a little bit in a good way where it's like she's kind of like overcome like the challenges of it. any new state or city is hard but yeah. I think she's really like it was different for her being from um Michigan and and she's really sort of found some beauty and sort of coming through to the other side. Um, and uh, so I asked her, um, so she's mixing right now for the new record. So that's exciting. Um, and the last thing I asked her is, you know, is there anything you can tell us about your method of songwriting? Um, and she, she says, she's very humble. Um, she says, oh, I didn't, I don't really understand how to write songs or how I write songs. I just show up to work as often as I can. I write in a notebook almost every morning. I try to read poems. I try to record voice memos. Um, I practice scales with my voice and I learn covers to find different inflections that aren't intuitive. She has great control of her voice. So great it, it makes sense voice. that she practiced scales. She with practices her voice. scales and then she says what's great. Yeah, learn covers to find different inflections that aren't intuitive. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. It's like if you are used to singing a certain way and then you try to learn how to sing a song that a singer's singing differently, yeah. like you're gonna find more out about your own voice. And that's the beauty in covers. Um, and well, then also she... playing chord progressions too. Like if you are learning to play a cover song, maybe you wouldn't necessarily think of yourself to bring, you know, the verse to a certain chord when it comes to the chorus. Right. Like not everything is, you know, uh, one, four, five. And right. when we talk about one, four, five, it's like the names of the chords within the construct of the key of the song. So there's uh, basically you know, 12, 11, 12 notes, whatever you right. want to say in the scale. And um, just when remind you count yourself up, of those notes. <laughs> and each one of those notes is basically a chord is built on top of that, that note. So when we say one, four, five, we're talking about the chords that are built off of each, each uh, note in the scale. Anyway, it's like kind of complex. I don't really want yeah, to try to explain it over the podcast. Here, but, but, but it's but like it, we, it, yeah. Sorry, I want to finish my point about the, like when you play a cover song, 
like let's say you have like what you would write as maybe in the chorus you might bring something to like the five chord or the one chord to the four chord in the right. chorus like someone else might bring it to like a random two chord in a completely different key and you're like right. oh i would have never thought to do that but now i yeah. see that there's an avenue to do that yeah and it helps to improve your songwriting it's, too it's why you should listen to as much music as you can and cover music and then also listen to different genres yeah like i'll start listening to like ah, fucking al green or something and i'm like oh this is this is good like this is gonna give me different you know just any any different type of music that you can listen to, even like new pop. Like I don't listen to a lot of pop at all, but every once in a while I'll hear something and it's, it's different. It's outside of my comfort zone. And I, and I kind of get it in my brain and it, and it is, it does create another Avenue that you could eventually go down in songwriting. And that's the most important fucking part. Listen, yeah. listen to all kinds of weird music, like listen to whatever you can, like to, to get in your discomfort zone. Cause every time I go to write a song, I probably start in the same little, um, I like that. The discomfort range. zone. Did I, did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, get, in, I, your get in your discomfort zone. zone. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's like, I, I tend to want to write in this range. It's like, kind of like that song sweet and easy. That's my fucking sweet spot range. Yeah. Um, and like, that's what I want to write songs in. But it's like, if I, if I have to cover, you know, 99 red balloons or whatever we're doing and i have to go higher it's like oh it kind of opens this door where it's like well shit i can also write a song in this key like yeah. i don't have to stick around um well so, i do that a lot with like writing music in terms of like four four like try to get to outside signatures. of your time signature comfort range yeah yeah i write a lot in my own comfort comfort range i'd like to get out of it but then it's like it's a it's a balancing act between sounding authentic and sound and like also experimenting you know yeah. it's like pushing just enough beyond your comfort level and without sounding like yeah. without sounding like you're completely inauthentic you know yeah um and she um anna ash covers uh the first song i heard from her was a cover and we, we didn't we didn't play it because I, I wanted to play her original songs but uh she does a two lucinda williams song she does righteously which is a badass song and she does a great <laughs> version of it and then she does fruits of my labor which i, I she yeah she really brings the beauty um sonically is that the right way to say it sound wise to the yeah. I, like the opposite of visually like the sound way yeah, of saying visually she sonically yeah i <laughs> i went to college i promise <laughs> um but <laughs> so she she kind of brings this beauty to that song um that uh that is as fresh and new um so definitely check 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 those out um keep an eye out for her new album and then um yeah uh she's I'm just very excited to uh, to cover her. I was going to try to finish that quote, but I think I, uh, let's see. So she said, um, I practice scales and learn covers to find different inflections that aren't intuitive. Visual art and poems inspire me the most, but they're the hardest for me to access. I'm very excited to release this new album. I want to tour very badly, but without a booking agent, a label or a van, it's a little tricky. So she's like, I just, I just picture her. I'm like, she's just this huge talent. She could literally with this just incredible, hit the road by herself. I want her to. I'm yeah. like, God, you're such a talent. And like, I just. It would be a lonely, it would be a lonely go. I, I relate to her so strongly and I'm not trying to be like creepy, but it's like the fact that she's waitressing and trying to play music. It's like, God, I, yeah, I absolutely live that life and still kind of do, except that now I'm kind of working a semi desk job and also playing music. And it's like your, your heart is elsewhere. 
yeah. most of the day when you're like grinding you're just work. thinking about other shit yeah. yeah you're thinking about how to improve your uh your music life but anyway i think we're gonna wrap it up so once more thanks again to anna ash yeah um we got the show coming up january 26th for radio keys so check it out in alameda and on our website uh radiokeysmusic.com and uh enjoy this last uh track last track off anna ash's album um titled floodlights off the album floodlights yep and we're we're radio keys i'm Stuart, and i'm i'm emily and we're gonna keep searching <laughs> for that sweet soul sweet music Sleep alone once in a while 